0: week it's been
1: it has been a fantastic week
0: good and bad but fantastic
1: why good and bad
0: well it's been great like personally and podcast wise and show wise live venue wise but yeah my uh my work life was uh, a little a little rough this week
1: yeah i barely saw you lots of hours lots of hours
0: but it was a good week overall
1: yeah i think so too so, live venue-wise, mm-hmm. we, uh, we headed to Skylark for Virtus, Waldhexen, and Christ. Yes. Fantastic show.
0: Yeah, great show.
1: Um,
0: and a lot of fucking people. Yeah, I was
1: just going to say, you could barely move in there. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, it's great to see that.
1: Yeah, really cool vibe. Lots of really cool people. Mm-hmm. The music was jamming. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun.
0: That was great, yeah. and we, All local bands, too.
1: Yeah, all local bands, which says a lot about our local metal scene. It's really cool. It is. Show-wise, Grim Dystopian gave me the best birthday present ever. What's that? We had the opportunity to sit down with death metal legends Ross and Bob from Emulation. And we had a fantastic chat. Yeah, we did. Um, so I think we should get right to it. Right. Um, play an Immolation song and go into the interview. That's um, you guys should absolutely stick around. We have a fantastic chat about yeah. some history of Immolation, their new album, some of the ins and outs of their recording process and how far it's come and what's changed with technology. Just really cool conversation.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And they are both super, super nice guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, really down to earth and so yeah. easy to talk to. Yeah,
0: it, it was a great time. Yeah. Uh, so let's not keep everyone waiting. We're going to play Christ's Cage off of the Here and After record and then go into the interview. Yes. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for yeah. having us. Glad to be here. Huge fans. Cool. And uh, we're looking forward to talking to you some more. Awesome. We, awesome. Had, we had a good conversation off the air. We did. We probably should have recorded right. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs>
2: See, everybody listening to this is going to wonder what we were talking yeah. about. It'll, it'll be a secret. It's all the dirt you guys aren't going to hear. So <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> it was funny. We asked a couple close friends who are like huge fans. Um, of emulation to like, give us some questions, and we were like, "Oh, my g- we'll read you one of them later. It'll come up." Yeah. But it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, you know,
2: <laughs> okay, just <laughs> silly." <Yeah. laughs>
1: and then, of course, we got like, "What's your favorite album? What's your favorite song?" Yeah, um,
2: those are hard though. It's yeah. hard to yeah. yeah. There's
3: always so much stuff that comes to mind. So.
1: Well, and. I think in past interviews, you guys have kind of touched on it, like it's a representation of who you were at the time during True. your creative process. So Absolutely. it's kind of hard to pinpoint a favorite it is. album or...
2: And like, you know, and we'll always say this in interviews, um, usually it's the most recent release that we're most excited about. because course. It's fresh. It's new. It's new. It's exciting to play, you know. People don't realize that, you know, some of the first album songs we've been playing for like 32 years, you know, so it's a long time. It
1: is a long time. And we
2: still enjoy playing them, but, you know, if we skip them from time to time and you don't get to see it live, it's, you know, we'll bring it back eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> well, there's plenty to pick from, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah
2: there is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some Shout stuff out. we don't we don't really touch too much anymore, but, uh,
3: you know. It depends, yeah. And some of the older stuff is is quite involved in the sense of like maybe it, we like the songs, but they don't they're not the best for playing live, yeah. so to speak. You know, translate, but, yeah. But you know, you pull one or two of those out every once in a while. It's okay, you know. It's just a matter of doing that, you know. Just knowing that okay, this is a kind of a quirky song. We'll just do that'll be the one that we do for the set. You know, we don't want to yeah. take out too much crazy stuff because sometimes it just doesn't you know doesn't uh,
2: well yeah yeah Especially it just doesn't kind of
3: translate great live yeah know what I mean? like yeah.
2: second and third album material is is definitely a lot workier to to f- perform live and sometimes that stuff doesn't always translate late translate well live and uh i mean you could tell by the vibe by the response and not that we don't enjoy playing it but sometimes it's better to go with a song you know it's like this one will, will get Pick a, a punch. yeah exactly yeah. so we're, we're very selective and we do like we do it's probably the hardest part of the process is choosing a set list you know trying to pick songs that you haven't played oh i
1: can't imagine how hard that is for
2: it's you guys a, oh. <laughs>
3: it's, it's a like night it's a the nightmare. Worst.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the, the hardest it's like, thing that we one go of my to. least
0: <laughs> favorite thing yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah it's insane
3: really it's just crazy. tough because you got a lot of ground to cover and with every release you have that much more ground to cover and obviously we're always going to be especially like with the last record we really enjoyed that one i think everybody in the van in the band really enjoyed it like we all kind of on it really yeah. well. And I think the songs are definitely some of the best we've done. And, and they, I think they all work well live. So it was difficult because we obviously want to always want to play a lot of new stuff as well. Of course. But, you know, you want to bring out the old stuff too. So yep. it's just so hard because there's so many records now and you're trying to mix and match what you can play within sometimes only like a 45-minute set if you're opening for another band. You know, even a headlining yeah. set,
2: how many? How long are you going to play? You know right. what I mean? So yeah. So it's, it's definitely a challenge. And we tend to overthink... Things sometimes. Like well, cool. you know, we we gotta have to learn some old stuff, but ah, but you know, we gotta yeah. put on some new stuff because in a newer fan, you, know, you just over, you just can't overthink it. You just yeah. let's just pick songs that we want to have play, fun with. That something yeah. different, and that's it. You I, know, so
0: I think we've one, gotten a little better. One problem you guys have that a lot of bands don't have is your records are very consistently good, and oh, thank you. <laughs> there's there's no like era that people don't want to hear, right? You know what I mean? That's
1: that's so true. Well,
0: you know,
2: if you ask our fan hey any one of our fans what's your favorite MO album mm-hmm. you're gonna get a different album from every person yes some Oops. people like Dawn of Possession only some people say hey I like Close to War Below, is, is the best some people say Failures is the best some people say Atonement is my favorite you know or, so it's a mixed bag so you can't really you know you're not gonna make
0: everybody happy that's the point
2: <laughs> so you, you try your best you try to make ourselves happy
0: well that's, <laughs> <It's like> that's <laughs> great though I mean it's not like they're like oh we like Dawn of Possession that's right. it yeah. It's not a bad problem. Though. Yeah, right. We're not yeah. complaining. Yeah. So you know our fans are awesome like that. So. Well, I think it speaks to what you've created over the years. Absolutely. Oh, okay. yeah, so yep. You guys deserve the credit. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you guys mentioned um, in an er- in an interview like quite a while ago that when you guys started emulation, you didn't have much expectations behind like having fun with it, maybe spinning out a couple demos to hand out to your friends. And, like, maybe playing a couple local shows. Yep. Like, at one point, did you guys look at each other and say, like, holy shit, like, we're fucking doing this? Well, we got the letter from Roadrunner. Well, we got the
3: letter, letter from Ro- Roadrunner, I think, the second time. <laughs> it's like, we got we got a letter, and then we just were kind of like, like, ah, yeah, like Monty, Monty, sign us. Monty Connor, who were actually you know, we're friends with now yeah. in the sense. We, we've known the guy for years, and he's actually with Nuclear Blast now, believe yep. it or not, so it's great. And he's a super cool guy, you know? Awesome guy, yeah. And he initially wrote us, and, and that's when we were doing demos, and uh, we saw the letter, and we're kind of like, yeah, they wouldn't sign us. This is just some kind of... Like, we didn't really think twice about it. And then by the second letter, literally, he was just like, yeah, guys, this is not the best way to go about getting signed. Uh, definitely <laughs> yeah. get in touch with us. So we're yeah. like, no, yeah, maybe they're serious. You
2: know? <laughs> we, we actually photocopied that letter and put it in the uh, Stepping on Angels Before Dawn release because that was just a a compilation of our earlier demo Mm -hmm. stuff and we did a collage for that it was uh, it came out a while back on like a Spanish label Repulse Records and it was just a fun thing to do and the inside is just uh, like a nine panel collage of all like just old flyers and you know pictures and reviews. Yeah, everything and from there. Good the and, and Bad reviews, Yeah. 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 Cool. And There's we threw plenty that Plenty of le- bad
3: reviews I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Aww. we threw that letter in there. Yeah. We
2: threw that letter in there just as a goof because it, it was pretty funny. Monty was just basically like what Bob said. Hey, this is not the way to go about getting signed. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> it was at that point we were like, huh, maybe there is something to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to remember when we started this music was not a thing. Mm -hmm. It was like tape trading. That was it. I mean, the only band at that time who had a record out that was remotely, like, you know, what you would call death metal would be maybe like Possessed, Seven Churches, or right after that maybe uh, would be Death, Scream, Bloody Gore. But Mm -hmm. those, like, you know... Mm -hmm. You had a lot of the heavier, darker, thrash stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, you had Darkness Descends, Dark Angel, you had Destruction, you had Sodom, Creator, you know, all the earlier stuff. You had early Sepultura and stuff like that, you know, but um, it wasn't really that much, you know, it was basically, uh, you know, trading uh, cassette tapes, you know, with people in bands around the world and and hoping, you know, could, you know, create a a spark with that, you know, and it, it, you know, we didn't realize how vast and, you know how big that underground movement was until we, you know, got involved firsthand and mm-hmm. started sending demo tapes out and receiving mail and and correspondence from everywhere. You know, and that was kind of mind blowing back in '88. You know, yeah. and that's kind of when we we saw wow, this, there is a fan base. You know, because mind yeah. you, it was like it was like maybe. Eight of us in Yonkers. You know? <laughs> I know. It's yeah. like, I mean, we really, were yeah, we was, were
3: the New York scene practically, basically. Like, you know, us and like, a handful of other groups of people from around different areas. Yeah. And that's about
2: it. You know, it was like it's not like today. And yeah, it was like very. It was a very small niche. Mm-hmm. So there was no expectations of putting out records. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're like records. Being signed and touring. Definitely and, not. Yeah. So when we got that letter, we were like, oh, well, maybe we'll see. But you know, we were young and green and we had no clue what was involved or what was expected. So yeah, it was a learning process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Still to this day. Exactly. <laughs> Do
1: you guys miss like the days of like tape trading and flyers? Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah.
2: It was unique, you know, the because
1: nostalgia of like waiting to get something in yeah. the mail. Like everything is so instant. Instant gratification. Yeah. Today, yeah. yeah.
3: It was definitely an interesting time you know it like, gets yeah you have to actually wait for stuff or go to a record store and look for stuff and hope
2: that they, Work for they it. had it yeah. you know and, and yeah, yeah. it was a different situation have you have to write letters yeah, yeah. <laughs> who writes a letter <laughs> right. yeah. i mean we would write i mean we would have mail nights that we'd you know and because we all worked, so we'd accumulate all the mail. We had a post office box, and when the first demo came out, we'd accumulate like a, a week or two of mail, and we got a lot, you know? And then we'd have like 50, 60, 70, 80 letters, and then we'd all the four of us would get together the old lineup at Bob's house in his dining room, and we'd sit at the table, get together like 9 o'clock at night, get some food, sit down, and we'd answer these letters all night. Oh, like that's so five fun. Six yeah. in the morning. That's cool. And then we go to work the next day and then come <laughs> home, take a nap, and go to practice. And, you know, if the mail wasn't finished, but the post office, that was the oh, best. Oh, the post
3: office hated us. <laughs> 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 Ross and I used to work at the same factory uh, outlet place for, I think it was for Saks Fifth Avenue. Yeah, it's like yeah, a distribution yeah. center. And everybody, basically, everybody in Westchester or Yonkers, out of high school that didn't go to college ended up working there pretty much. <laughs> so so needless <laughs> to say we both worked there and we would have all this mail in our cars, you know, and then oh it's lunchtime. So we'd go out to the post office right down the block and literally there would be maybe only two people at the post office behind the counter so i take one Ross would take the other and we have like all these packages Euro packages they have to sit there and weigh and you know yeah, tag every single there. one yeah. and st- we would create a line out the door at lunchtime that was like yeah. 30 people long and yeah. people were sour with us they're coming out the mail like one letter at their lunch break yeah. and we would take up the whole time because yeah. you
2: know? we're trying to expedite the process and get, all right, you go there I'll go here we'll get it done we'll get back in time yeah. for our lunch break so what do we do we just we held everybody we were yeah. such assholes at the hotel. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's awesome that's how we used to do it. Though. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our overnight mail runs and we did that for a number of years and like uh back then you know you would promote your band to little cutout flyers You yeah. know, similar like you know yeah. at the archives that have show yep. flyers but yeah. you'd have flyers advertising your demo in the band mm-hmm. blah 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 so you'd get flyers in your mail correspondence from other bands that if you if you sent away for a fanzine you get the fanzine and you'd have like Five or six flyers from other bands for you to check out. Yeah. Or, so we'd get them from bands if we wrote to a band specifically like Nihilist or whoever it was, Autopsy. They'd send you a, a stack of their ads. So we'd have our table with all our letters, and we'd just pull <laughs> from the pile. And you'd have just rows of these ads. We'd like grab one of each ad and throw an envelope. And, and so it's like a production line. Well,
3: yeah, <laughs> but it was basically the World Wide Web. You
2: know, that was the VR way mail. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's, how that's how it worked. worked. Yeah, that's how you network. Yeah. That's yeah. how mm-hmm. you. Promoted other bands. That's how you promoted your band. And uh who is who is who were the kings back then? You remember with the Flyers? No. Oh. Internal bleeding. You know, <laughs> Chris 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 from Internal Bleeding worked at a print shop uh-huh. back in the day. <laughs> and whenever you got uh, any piece of mail, there would be literally like 30 internal bleeding <laughs> yeah. flyers, I all mean, mint, cut knives. And we we're like, look at these guys. They,
3: they so cornered the market on the did, mail man. flyers. Chris
2: had it like. nailed, man. So we would send out, I, we must have sent out thousands of internal bleeding flyers. Just <laughs> send them out. Like, we, we got a ton of these. Let's send them out, you know. And then you know, we wound up doing our, you know, our first tour. Uh, not our first tour, but our first tour for the second record was supporting Six Feet Under for their first record, and Internal Bleeding was on the tour too. Uh, so it was cool. We got yeah. there, and they were awesome guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So anyway, so that's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Your turn. My turn. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So do you ha- do you guys have any shows that stand out as maybe favorites over the years? I know there's probably a million of them, but yeah, yeah there's a that's, lot. That's always I mean,
2: a tough one. We have a lot of. Really memorable mm-hmm. experiences and shows that are. There's a the shows that you play really well and you nail it. And you're like, wow, that was a good show yeah. from our point of view. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And those are the ones you're like, wow, that that's one you're proud of. You know? And then there's shows that are just you know great for other reasons. Maybe it's packed and the crowd's super energetic. We played in India this oh, past year. Oh man,
3: that was a standout show. Yeah. Uh, we went and played India actually for the second time about a year apart from when we we first played the Bangalore. Uh, uh, metal fest there uh, open air bangalore uh, open air yeah. open air that was a year before we played um we went back to bangalore to play a club show but the original the first time we were there we were there with overkill and they were there headlining and it was us and i think alcest Al from france and so and it was great it was like a really cool fest you know and you know it wasn't like walking or anything but the Walkin people are the ones that actually help promote it and the, yeah. the organizer works at walking uh, and, and okay. they work with him yeah. But man, everything was professional, it was amazing, mm-hmm. it was a great fest, the fans were awesome. Awesome, so, yeah. You know, and it was a great fest. We went back and did the club show when we did the tour in, in, in Asia, we, it was one yeah, of the first shows.
4: August, yeah.
3: In August, and it was like, there were, I mean, it was like 500 kids at a club show, and they were ballistic. I mean, it was yeah. like insane. Really? It yeah. was nuts. I mean, you could see it, it's one of the few shows that's actually online, You could you could look it up online on YouTube, and they got the whole show up there nice. from like a view from the balcony, and it's like... Just insane, the whole show. The crowd was, like, absolutely amazing. Like
2: 1980s revisiting. Yeah, it was wow. nuts, was and it was sick. awesome.
3: So that was definitely one of the most memorable shows from last year. It's like, It was just the energy that they were giving forth and, and just going for it. It was just... You know, it was just really cool. It was really a good show.
2: Yeah, yeah. we had a lot of good ones. I mean, oh, we
3: had yeah, a ton of to them. That just was like one of the standards. We'll just ones. pick
2: a few highlights from this yeah. past year because okay. it's hard to go back. of right. course. Know? Oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Show. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know
3: if we remember past this. So. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs>
4: Colombia
2: was really good. Our first oh, time playing Columbia. in Col- Bogota, We did two yeah. shows, right? Because one of our shows somewhere else, I think in San Salvador, uh, canceled uh, for whatever reason. So they added a second night. Onto uh, the Columbia date. So we did Bogota, two nights in a row at the same venue. Nice.
3: Yeah. It was awesome. And it was man. great. It was, it was awesome. crowd yeah. was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, That's Very cool. awesome. Most yeah. of the shows on that whole run that whole I me.
2: Mean. Chile was last around. Chile we didn't do this time, but Chile was another memorable yeah. one. Both times we played in uh, Santiago were just insane. They take their metal seriously down there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Was, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> Mexico City this time around was awesome. Oh, Mexico
3: City was just, uh, again, ballistic. It was like, <laughs> they were just Amazing, insane. We it played awesome.
2: there in '92 for the first time. That was our first time like playing in Mexico, and they flew us down there. It was us and suffocation, you know, when our our first albums both came out. Mm-hmm. So we did this combined show in '92 that was sick, like a thousand kids in this nice. outdoor like arena, and it was awesome. So we hadn't been back since then to yeah. Mexico City. So this time around was just yeah, it was, it was great, awesome. So it's it's it, for us it's cool because like these some of these areas we haven't been to like Colombia mm-hmm. and. and oh yeah a lot of the asian areas so yeah. when you go there you're like ah, fucking people even give a shit about us over here and then you go there and you get a crowd like yeah. that you're like wow that's so fucking yeah. awesome <laughs> who would have thought yeah. <laughs> you know? so. yeah it's definitely always surprising i mean even
3: when we played in was it berlin on this last show in <sighs> germany yeah you sick.
1: know oh I
3: that was imagine. like amazing you know it's yeah. probably the best berlin show we ever had yeah. ever you know it was like really cool you know so you get surprised sometimes in certain cities like berlin it's always been like yeah, it's been good but it's always sometimes hot and cold for us say you know depending on who we're out with or whatever yeah we played there we couldn't believe you know it was just amazing you know so yeah i mean we had a this past year was good we actually had a lot of memorable shows so we, we were very lucky for yeah sure.
1: that's good do you guys ever feel
2: unsafe um eh, we've had a few times where we were in some weird areas like you know well i guess being from new york we're you know, what kind of street smart in that sense, yeah. you know, you kind of know, you see an area yeah. like, all right, you know. <laughs> yeah, I
3: mean, yeah, I think we have the common sense factor down as far as that stuff goes. So, and honestly, it's cool the way we go out and most bands do, I guess I would say like you're out there and you're kind of not, you're, you're out of the tourist area, which is great because you're, you're with, but you're always with somebody from the area. Yeah. You yeah. With you're with locals. I mean? So like, we're smart. We're not going to go take a walk on our own. Just because we think it's okay, you know what I mean. Right. If you don't, if you don't know your area, you don't want to take a chance because you're not, yeah, you know, yeah. So we're always out with the guys, the promoters, or their friends, or whatever. Yeah. We're always out with a group, or at least people that are from there. Yeah. And then, so we don't really worry too much in that sense because you know you always someone who's always at least got your back or at least knows what's going on. You know
2: yeah, what I mean? Like or you, the area. Yeah. I think every we've been to a lot of like. Unique in uh, places we've never been to before this past year, and I don't think I felt unsafe in any of them. No, not you at go least. into them sometimes having those preconceived notions like, "Wow, I've heard this place could be, you know, yeah. very dangerous. You got to really watch yourself." Yeah. And then you get there, and you're like, "Huh, huh. you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Of course, <laughs> you know it's <laughs> yeah. still it, it still could be a thing, but sure, we're just like, "Wow, sure. this is awesome," you know. And yeah. you with you with the local people, and yeah. you know, I think that kind of helps you get past that. Mm. And you're like, oh this is fine," yeah. you know.
3: And, so, yeah. and the funny thing is is like especially like the, a lot of the new places we went to this past year um in Asia and in South even like Colombia and, and Bogota and stuff like that it's like we've never been there before or Thailand and Bangkok you know Bangkok mm-hmm. and Thailand you go there and you're like it's like being in New York yeah you know? like uh-huh. almost every place I could only de- I describe to people I'm like because they think oh what was Thailand like oh, what's Bangkok like it's like it's like a big New York yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know it's like New York on steroids because yeah. it seems <laughs> it's much huge, bigger you know yeah, yeah. and And that's all I can describe it. It's like, yeah, there's some different things going on for sure, but not really, you know? It's like, in the end, everyone's kind of the same. It's just, you know, yeah, there's different languages. There might be different, some different customs, but for the most part, it reminds you a lot of it's very reminiscent of home, you know, in a lot of ways.
2: The world's a lot smaller once you've, like, done a lot of stuff like we have. Like, everything becomes smaller, you know, and it's just cool. It's cool to experience so many different places and meet so many people. And uh, the cool thing is, Doing it in this context, you're always in the club. You know what I mean? Like when you go, when we play a, me- a show and we're somewhere in a different country. You have your people there. Those are, are fans. Those are like-minded people who yeah. are into your music. Yes. So you never feel alone. You know, you feel comfortable. You know, and it's very unique about what we do. Even in the context of like, okay, the promoter's going to meet us at the airport. He's going to take us out for lunch. He's always going to have some of his buddies. But they're all metal fans. So you immediately have something to talk about. You know, and most people are like-minded in our scene. You know, well, not everybody, but you know, for the most part. I mean, we have the Pretty music. Close. Yeah. The music is that common. Uh, you know, thread. So it's, it's different. It's not like we're just going out as tourists and experiencing new places on our own. We have people with us and you're comfortable in the sense that you're in your community. This, these are our people. These are our fans. You know, these are, you know, I feel comfortable here. Yeah. You know, I don't feel unsafe. Everybody, and you know, we're one of the bands that you know, we don't stay backstage. We're very accessible. We like to meet our fans. We did a ton of meet and greets in Asia. Every show, we would play the show and have a meet and greet with the whole club afterwards. So we'd get that oh, chance that's to meet so everybody. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, and we'd sit there and they'd come up. We'd sign stuff. We'd talk to them. And people are people, man. Uh, it's just one one thing I've learned is like, man, it, it doesn't matter. You know, people are people. <laughs> you know, it's like, no matter where you go, it's like, oh, yeah, just like people anywhere. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. So it gives you a different. Uh, Worldview, you know, because if you're, if you're, I guess if you, whatever you absorb from the media, you know, you kind of, kind of have to separate that from the reality. And when you go to these places, like, wow, it's nothing like what I, I expected or what I thought it was because of what I read or what I heard, you know. So it's best to go into uh, uh, these scenarios with an open mind, yep. and you're pleasantly surprised. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah.
1: How um, what'd you guys think of Iceland? Mm. Awesome, oh,
2: beautiful. Yeah, I, could, I would live there awesome country like just the mindset of the people just everything about it's awesome
1: we've heard amazing things and and
3: we were pretty much in the you know we I think we flew into Reykjavik but we didn't really hang out in that city which I've heard is really cool but we went pretty much flew take another flight directly on the other side of the country which was just and then drove another two hours or so to get to where we were for the festival and it was like it's all mountains it's all country and mountains and it was amazing you know I mean and then the city it was in, which I I could never pronounce if you paid me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, you know, you're literally like right on the side of a mountain. There's a whole an old river or a lake or whatever it yeah, was, was, and sick. fishing cool. village, mountains, and it just looked. I mean, like postcard, you know. It yeah. like, and it was just such a cool vibe there. You know, it was awesome. really something interesting for sure.
1: Yeah, we always hear stuff about their black metal scene, yeah. like really standing out yeah. in Iceland. Well, the wow. funny
3: thing at that at the festival that we were at anyway yeah, it was, was like everybody was super cool and you would have like you know uh, bands like us and Belfegor go on one minute and then you'd have bands like uh you know like pop uh, m- pop bands from from Iceland that we never heard yeah, of going on really. and all the fans were the same they'd all come in and yeah. get excited to see this huh. pop band and then they'd go out and see us and then they'd go see some oh, other bands. So cool. it band, wasn't like non metal band. metal fest yeah it was yeah, a music,
4: was fest. A music yeah, fest yeah, yeah. So yeah cool. it was plenty
3: of metal there but it was yeah. like but those metal people you could see would also go to see this other band or whatever you yeah. know like they just enjoyed the music they were just you know, I guess happy that all these bands were coming there, and it was, you know, it was awesome. It was a good really vibe. Cool. Good vibe. For a yeah,
1: show. You can imagine.
2: For a show with, like, such a mixed bag of genres, like, there was no problems. People, everybody yeah. there was awesome, man. Like, I can't stress how cool that place was, you know. That's it was cool. It sounds very cool. Just uh, really, man, it was very cool. I, I, I'd love to go back and spend time there. I mean, yeah. we only really were there and played the show and spent an extra day and left. But we didn't get to do some of the cool scenic stuff. We didn't do the hot springs. Mm-hmm. We, did the, we didn't We did really get to see Reykjavik because literally we flew in. And it was all, it's like all, you know, all, all volcanic rock, you know, when you're driving to the... So we flew into the main airport and we drove to a smaller airport, like Bob said. Flew. We were on, like, the north eastern side of iceland facing like north like north coast we were like up there man yeah jeez very cool and it stayed light like to like three four in the morning well
3: it didn't get dark yeah it would get to like what would be like considered like Like late afternoon yeah yeah yeah. 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 and that's it and then you come out of the show you know we'd played. we were hanging out we come outside we're like all these people (laughs) and it's like 3 a.m and i'm like what time is it <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was just so wild you know yeah <laughs> it was cool it was interesting you know it's definitely wild uh to be in that situation but it, it's good because it, it gives you that and you know you're you're up it's it's light out so <laughs> you know what i mean if you're not used yeah. to that you just feel like oh it's daytime you know it's, yeah. it's not that
2: late you know yeah uh so it was fun it was it was really cool it was cool i hope we have an uh, opportunity to go back there yeah um Again, because everybody was so awesome. People involved, the promoters, you know, uh, awesome. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get the visit again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Okay, so let's talk about your lyrical theme for a second.
0: I have a question before that. Oh, I'm sorry. So we were wondering, um, when you play a show, there's obviously a difference between, like, 50 people in the crowd and 200 people. Like when does when does it become like after a, a thousand and five thousand like where does it become? It's just a mass of people, a sea of people. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean we played the smallest crowds of fifty, like you said. To we've been lucky enough to play in front of like say ten thousand mm-hmm. at like Brutal Assault and those festivals, but it's I guess the the, the big open air festivals are the ones that I guess the they're very cool for one reason mm-hmm. but on the other hand yeah it's you're playing to just you know you try and concentrate on certain people but it's a lot tougher mm-hmm, it's not yeah. as intimate obviously mm-hmm. but it's got other things that make it interesting because you're playing in front of all these people and it's pretty wild mm-hmm. you know it's like a, a, it's an interesting feeling uh but the club shows i mean we played just uh on this last tour up in canada in uh Sherbrooke. Oh yeah, small show. Small show, like maybe it. about fifty, 50 people. Kids. You would have thought there were three hundred in there because they were so alive and energetic I mean, and well, screaming it, yeah. and chanting,
2: and you know,
3: and that's like that's great too. You know what I mean? So it's all, it always comes down to the, like the crowd. You know what I mean? Like sure. if they have the energy, mm-hmm. then it it always makes it a great show. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, the smaller shows are always obviously more personal for sure. I think we enjoy the club shows better. Yeah, you know? really. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, when you have like, like a, a more good of club of a connection, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I say, like even like like the India show. It's like it was a big club, but it was like five hundred people. What show? Not uh, India. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you had like an you know. There's 500 people, so it's it's still it's a not club Small, vibe, but it's a club, a club vibe, vibe, and you're still there with everyone, and it's it's tight. But it, it I and mean, you could see the energy and feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So Some Sometimes barriers, when you have a giant, you know, yeah, you have a giant. You're on a this giant stage, and the first guy in the crowd is like 25 feet away from it's you. It's weird. It's hard. You know, it's a little weird sometimes. Yeah. You know Very what I mean? weird. So you, you you're really disconnected. Sometimes you feel like you're playing, and yeah, you're wearing, sometimes it's, it's just like, weird. You feel like you're playing. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes
2: it's weird because. You know, on these big stages, when you have, like, 20 feet before, like, the people, uh, you know, are in front of you. There's a big uh, security section and then the barriers. So, there's, like, at least 20 feet between the people and the stage. So, it's not as personal. It's not as intimate. And it's... It's weird because it's a big stage, mm. so we're very separated, you know, but like, Bob's over there, Alex's over there, I'm in the middle, Steve's probably behind me. And it's very hard to hear because it doesn't even feel like you're playing sometimes because, uh, you know, our stage yeah, volume...
3: sometimes we feel like we're disconnected from each other, like, yeah, oh, the rest weird. of the band's in the other room and I'm playing over here, you know. <laughs>
2: it's very weird. And that yeah. could go for, you
3: know, sometimes, luckily, sometimes the big... big stages can get a decent sound you know where it feels right but then there's a lot of times it doesn't so it's like you know what i mean when the sounds a certain way which is normally on a stage like that it's like yeah you feel disconnected you know it's hard you think sometimes like for instance at the last brutal assault that we did we've been you know getting smarter as we go into stuff like this it's a festival so not everybody gets a chance to really do like any kind of serious checks and stuff like that on for the stage so we made it a point like all right no matter what let's let's just play something quick so we could hear, if I could hear Steve on the drums, if I could hear what's going on. And you know, it's one yeah. thing for them, okay, you got my guitar, great. But if I can't hear what's going on around right. me, you know? Yeah. So we've done that and that helped a lot because that show in particular, I remember we go up there and I'm like, yeah, I can't I can't hear anything. Yeah. So then we started telling the guys to in? bring, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. which we, we always, we're always very careful about the monitors. We usually don't use them Try if we don't have them. to, which yeah. is great for small club shows. It's rare that we even need to use them. Yeah. But for the big stage sometimes you just have to so we would end up putting drums in the side monitors and doing this and that but at least we get it tailored quickly even if it's like five minutes just to, so just i can enough. at least i know yeah. i can hear everything okay yeah. at least we know we're gonna be able to perform you know because if you can't hear anything <sighs> it's a drag it's up, you know? <laughs> and the crowd out there is looking at you like well i hear all the stuff so I'll, yeah you know, well, i'm Why sure they
2: hear so it they must hear everything <laughs> yeah. but we well, sometimes you're up there you can't hear a thing you know? because yeah. you right. can't you can't enjoy it then yeah. because you're so preoccupied with like you know, I'm trying to hear stuff and like, uh, I hope, I uh, you know, it sounds well, it all right.
1: then it into a job. What? Right? Then it turns into a job. Well, yeah, well, you're, you're trying like, to
3: pay more attention exactly. to make yeah. sure you're you listening to your mark rather than just
2: going and, for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's rare. I mean, we have some quirky stages where it's like that. But I think in general, we enjoy the club shows because you're right there. The people are right there. There's no barriers. They're like right on top of you. And you get that energy. It's like right there, you know. There's that connection. It's some. you know. I mean, we grew up going to club shows, like at Lamore and CBGB's yeah. and Coney Island High, and those, those places were great. You are right there. Your favorite yep. band was like, you could yeah. touch them. You and know? you and feel the, you know, you feel the power. You feel it. The energy around That's what live music is supposed to be. It's yeah. supposed to be. You're supposed to feel it, you know. Yeah. You, that's why you're there. You, you, you feel that energy, you know. You're there watching the band you enjoy, performing the songs you enjoy, and nailing it. That's what it's about,
0: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so... I have an aside to that conversation. Um, We've seen and read that you guys, at least lately, um, don't practice together. You just show up to a festival or a show and you play. Yeah. um, A lot of times. Yeah, we
3: did that for quite a few
0: years. Number uh, years. Ever
3: since I think, like in 2010, when I figured out how to actually write stuff on the computer, it was like,
2: Uh -huh. huh. (laughs) huh? we don't have to.
3: We don't have to do this together like that. Like we don't have to be in the same room. Trying to come up with stuff or practicing because everything's right there, you know. And then once we got used to like writing and recording that way, which is what we did for years, mm-hmm. then we were like, you know, well, these are the songs we're doing. Everyone practice them on their own, and then we'll meet up and we'll play, you know. Yeah. Which worked out great for a while. And now, but now we're kind of like, yeah, I think it'd be much better for just at least get together two or three days before a tour, work out any kinks, make sure everything's flowing right. It's always better for sure, you know. We just really didn't have much of a choice back then, mm-hmm. especially with working the full-time jobs yeah. and everything. Now it's like we could say, hey all right, next Thursday we're going to, you know, go out to Ohio and hang out with Steve and whatever, you know, and do what we have to do because we can, you know, so it's 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 an easier situation mm-hmm. now. But yeah. back then we basically had to do it the way we had to do it, and we made it work, and luckily it did, you know, but it, it would be interesting to go into a studio to record a new record and never, ever have played all the, any of the songs together yeah. as a band yet yeah. until we hit the stage for the first time for that tour, like six, six months later, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's just crazy, but yeah. that's the way we did it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just, we, you know... Uh, I think we first started that in uh, like 2007, after we did Shadows, because uh,
3: well, for, for Majesty and the K, 2000. Well, I oh, just no. I'm talking about
2: playing shows without rehearsing.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Festival. That's right.
2: We did a <laughs> festival, and we were supposed to rehearse before it. That Arnhem Fest. Yeah, I think we, it was. We, we we broke out a new song. We played World Agony at that show, which was a newer song we hadn't played live yet, and we were just out of the studio, and we hadn't really played actually. That I song
3: think before. we were in we were we were in the middle. Of the stu- we were we literally were. finished tracking. We <laughs> went to do the fest, and then we flew back to go mix and master yeah. it or whatever. So we were in the middle of. Recording and, and putting that album together, and we knew we had the show coming up, and it, we wanted to play one of the new songs, so we just we just did it, you know. And then once we did that, without any rehearsal and not really even rehearsing much of the set list because we we're working on new stuff, that was it. We were like, oh, we could do this, so no, <laughs> we then
2: we just it. were like, yeah, we don't just need like, to like, rehearse don't need you But that being said. <laughs> You can only do that if every member does their part. Absolutely, right. yeah. yeah, of course. You know, and we, we're all good like that. Yeah. We're all pretty... We all you know, do our homework like when that. it comes to metal. So, yeah. <laughs> so it For only sure. works like that. Yeah. And we've done uh, some rehearsals, and by that I mean like maybe two nights at a rehearsal room like before like one of the the tour in march maybe yeah and maybe not not even anything before the end of the year stuff because we had so many shows under our belts at that point yeah. the songs were just like yeah like you know whatever i think did. it
3: started again once we got you know uh bill our, our old guitarist he was with us for 16 years he just you know he had decided he had enough for the moment you know just it was a personal thing he just didn't want to do the the touring anymore and all that so we had had gotten alex in
1: yeah so uh
3: uh we got alex and once we got alex in is when we were like yeah we should probably get together you know because before that we hadn't you know we hadn't ever rehearsed for anything we were doing up until that point yeah and then we were like all right and then that kind of got us back into it and then we realized yeah it's it's really it's a better thing if you can do it and like i said we really didn't have as much of opportunity to do that in the past
2: but it all kind of worked out once we had the new record we did it more for alex because he felt more comfortable hey i'd rather you know because you know he's More used to like rehearsing, we're like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, we're not opposed to it, just that if you you don't have to to. do it, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. why why waste time? And and now we're
3: kind of like, yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, we enjoy doing it now. We're like, yeah, this was probably a good idea.
2: Yeah, (laughs) well, it is because you know, (laughs) you don't want to shit the bed like the first or second show. Like, oh, how does that go? You know, (laughs) has happened. (laughs) It's like, what
3: are you playing? Yeah.
5: No cause, no no pain, no loss, no wanting guilt, no loss to bear, no money, no blood, no crown, no thorns, no bastard son, the chosen one. I count the days when the oppressed are released, the ending of his reign. No Jesus, no peace. of dust, the lost to follow the foolish breath, in seething lies the virgin birth, the faking hand I await the time
4: when the hatred is unleashed you will no
5: more no us no peace And Jesus, can you hear us? Can we just? Can you hear us? Enter Jesus, can you hear us? And we Jesus, can you hear us? Enter Jesus. Can you hear us?
1: Can I get back yeah, to my sorry. lyrical theme question? Yep. Are you done, princess? No, done. <laughs> 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 All right. So, you have a theme behind your lyrics, obviously. And it seemed to have started out uh, religious base. Mm-hmm. I hate to use the term anti-religion cuz I don't know if that's really what it is, is it?
2: Um, yeah, in a lot of ways it is. We well, were never I mean, it was always about like we came from a being Catholic, we came from that perspective, you know, having gone to church and Catholic school and all that stuff, so we kind of, you know, uh, it was our opinion on, our, it was our, basically our opinions on religion mm-hmm. and its place in the world, and we, we saw religion as a negative force rather than a positive mm-hmm. force, you know, so that's what we wrote about, you know, but we, we came from that perspective, so yeah, we were anti-religion, you know, all of it. I don't and see it. I think any.
3: we usually looked at the darker side of it, though. You well, know? yeah, absolutely. Like the abusive side of it. But we obviously know? weren't and, and we've done that even more so as we've went on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like We've gotten more direct about it, I guess. So back then it was like, yeah, it was definitely like kind of more about, uh, you know, think for yourself rather than following something. And then we'd look at the darker sides of that. And some of it was fantasy in the beginning as well with, with that in mind. You know what I mean? Um, But most of it was just about how abusive it could be and the darker side of it you know and sometimes yeah. we'd use a lot of double themes too like uh later on like the father you're not a father we talked about yeah. what the actual song's about which is about like the pedophile priest mm-hmm. but then someone if you look at the lyrics it's kind of like a double take where you could also take it into a family context in a way mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you know what i mean so it's like it all depends on how you look at it so for us the idea of lyrics especially these days more than ever is to always uh, write them in such a way where they're kind of semi-ambiguous so everyone can get their own thing out of them. You know what I mean? It always, it always sucks. Us, that's the most important thing is like I, I hate to try and say like this song's about this, this song's about that well, and that's go through everything say, like yeah, a, a yeah. fine-tooth comb because every person looks at it differently and, and it means something different to them and that goes for any kind of music really. It's like any music you hear, sometimes the lyrics you might interpret exactly the way the artist is you know, laying them out there and sometimes you're taking your own meaning for them. So it's always better to us if, if the meaning You got out of it is Means something to you And we were thinking Of something completely different Then I'd rather you Take your
2: meaning And keep that Close to you Because a, that's yeah, More important to Exactly yeah, well, That really becomes what it a personal down down thing yeah. And then I find Like when you explain Exactly what something's about And where you're coming from It sometimes ruins it For people Because mm. sometimes People think it's oh, I always thought It was about this I didn't know It was about that You know right. so Sometimes it's it's best to be vague, and I know I've talked a lot about specifics, you know. And I think we're gonna kind of pull back on that and kind of just leave it open to interpretation, you know. Even though we specifically have something in mind, we write mm-hmm. it like, for example, "Father, you're not a father." is obviously about you know abusive priests, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and the damage they do to young kids. Mm-hmm. You know, but when we did that at the time, that was like ninety nine two thousand there were a couple of big cases that came out like in Brooklyn and a couple of different places around the country where there was a spotlight on yeah. that, you know, so we just kind of honed in on that and we just wrote a song about that and you know, I think people will read those lyrics and understand what they're about and where we're coming from, but you know not necessarily some people may look at it and get something completely different out of it mm-hmm. so you know but yeah it's 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 generally about the darker side of and and we've kind of gravitated away from that because I think we've said as much as we could say with the first four or five albums about religion. Mm -hmm. And then when Unholy Cult came out was right after 9-11 happened. So our whole lyrical theme kind of shifted at that point because... we just saw things differently at that point, you know, and we kind of looked more into the darker side of uh, our, our ourselves, humanity in general, and, you know, uh, you know, how could something like that happen, you mm-hmm. know, because we were right there, we saw it, we were down there right yeah. after it happened, mm-hmm. you know, so we knew people affected by it, so it was something that kind of hit home and it kind of changed, slightly changed our lyrical uh, approach mm-hmm. and, and where we were going lyrically, you know, and it... it, it, it encompassed more at that point and we started to branch out more you know wasn't only religious theme yeah. you know, and I think so. we needed
3: we knew we needed to do that well yeah well, we kind know. of painted ourselves in a corner and I think you know a lot of the early stuff like I said there were always double meaning so you'd use that as the avenue to 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 create you know the song but you'd also be thinking about something else or that it could be taken a couple of different ways and we, yeah. we did a lot of double meaning stuff so a lot of songs could mean one thing or another you know so what they are on on the top isn't necessarily what they're about so especially nowadays you know we're always trying to be like i said more and more ambiguous and just try and, you know most of the songs are always still dealing with the same themes the darker side of mankind and and what we see in the world what's bad with the world you know and uh that's the type of that's the music the music is dark the feeling is dark so that's the stuff we write about obviously as you could tell you know we're not always dark people all the time well, very yeah, rarely you know of course. but it, this is just that's that's what we write about you know to us that's uh, we want the music to have the meaning as well. The lyrics are just as important as the music because, you know, you could have great music and if the lyrics don't really aren't as strong, you know what I mean, and vice versa, it just doesn't work, you know what I mean? So
2: Sometimes to me it's always the darker, it's always the stuff that's hardest to say that has the most feeling to mm-hmm. me, you know. Sometimes the stuff that's the most difficult to, to come out with is always the stuff that has the most impact, mm-hmm. you know. So looking at that other side of our reality is kind of, you know, what we try to, you know... Hone in on, I guess. Yeah, you yeah. Could say, you know? And
3: sometimes you want to shed light on certain things, like we said with, you know, father, you're not a father or yeah. something else. You know, you're always trying to bring those things to light, or like what we did with Kingdom of Conspiracy, we we're kind of really, really looking at the world today and what's going on there in all different aspects, you know what I mean? From yeah, yeah religious, I mean, political, this, that. But we did it in such a way that it still keeps it dark and you can interpret things differently. But, you know, we were looking at everything going on, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. kind of like how. Yeah how things and what could be you know what I mean the way things are heading uh, as well, we yeah. go
2: like for example Forstering the Divide on the new record is a song about just the many divisive forces in the world today whether it be religion or politics or, or race or whatever it is it's just so many things that divide people today you know and, and intentionally and that's what that song's about you know it's, it's, it's very broad but that's basically the essence of the song so and i think people get that you know from the title and when you read the lyrics and you know so it's it's not hard to you know kind of grasp that but you know we try to write in a way like bob said it's it's somewhat ambiguous so you can interpret it you know a little differently you know if if you're (laughs) depending on how you you know read read into it so so anyway so that's the point i mean you know we do have specific ideas and concepts behind these songs but you know you know, I'm going to try to pull back as far as, like, you know, mm-hmm. leading people to that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and kind of yeah. let people use their imagination, you know?
3: Yeah, that's to me, the is the best part about any kind of art, music, or anything. It's like, you know, it's up to really the person what they get out of it, you know? So, obviously, we put into it what we feel we need to, and then yep. whatever the people get out of it is their thing. And, again, like Ross said, you don't want to ruin it for someone if, if you're thinking about this and they're really thinking about that, and that's what makes it so much more powerful to them. You don't want to really take that away from them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. But, uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's always the darker things in the world that we look at because that's just like Ross said. That it's, hard the most to, powerful. it's hard not to see it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a well, yeah. very dark world. You know, you know so unfortunately. we're like, we look at that stuff and we just that's that's what we get uh, kind of inspired by for that for that music. You know, yeah.
2: Well, the music's dark. Yeah. You know, you can't really write about you know.
1: Rainbows and sunshine.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not that we would. Yeah, but I've always enjoyed the and look. Darker I like. Things.
3: We like all kinds of music. We like. Sure. It's, you know, music that's obviously uplifting and all different. I listen Absolutely. to that stuff a lot. But when it comes to what we're doing or well, this kind of music, we feel this is the what we want to do. This is how it should be done as far as the way we our take on it. And so that that's what we're doing. You know,
2: every band has a different approach. Yeah. You know, of yeah, course, everybody. But our approach is is just that. I mean, we we try to. Um, we're not, obviously, we're not a, a gore band, we're not uh, a fantasy kind of band. I mean, we t- try to talk about reality, and we try to talk about it in such a way that our fans get it, and I think, you know, once they tap into that, they they understand what the songs are about. I've talked to a lot of people who either get the songs or they don't get the songs, like, uh, you know, and it's weird, like, you'll have a song that's pretty straightforward, and someone say, like, hey, yeah, I love this song, to me it means this, and it's like, you know, how do you tell them why it's not about <laughs> right, that, yeah. really? You're yeah, so right. off with that, but then I'm like, <laughs> oh, cool. But that's, well, that's okay, okay, you know. So,
3: And I think we also try, with the lyrics, we try and, for instance, when we're writing, which, you know, we're in the middle of doing now, when you're when you're writing lyrics, you have, you know, there's lyrics that are, obviously, you have in the song, but then there's, sometimes you get to these parts in the song, they're, they're that much more epic, and you're trying to get something across, you know, it's like you want, so you're trying to use words that are a little bit more... I don't know, like paint more of a picture, you know, so there's certain ways you say things that you want to be a certain more powerful, you know, and more epic, even through their words that you're using, you know, to make it, you know, that much more, I guess, powerful or dark. Yeah. Paint, paint more of a picture so yep. to speak it's hard to explain but we don't know what the hell we're doing <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously <laughs> there'll be parts when we're we'll working on stuff and there'll be like a real like you know i don't know you get to that part in the song like oh that's the part that's the part that's kind of like tying the yeah. song together it's a big epic part it's like, and i'll say like yeah i'll I'll say all right let's try and work on this because it's like you want that part to kind of like be that much more powerful even lyrically too because it's sure. such a you know it's such a powerful part so you know, that's the way we approach it. You know We're trying to look at every little thing when we're doing it. Even though, like he said, we don't know what the hell we're doing, but at least we try <laughs> and put some thought into it and, and, and do the best we can.
2: <laughs> the lyrics are always fun to write, but they're always the most tedious sometimes because you're trying to find the perfect combination of words to convey this idea you have in your head. You know? and You want it to come out in such a way that people get it and they grasp it, but it also kind of illustrates that idea correctly you Mm -hmm. know so you know sometimes it doesn't always come out (laughs) the way you want it but sometimes you get close you know so we hope for that (laughs) when we do it so
1: um do you guys after speaking i'm sure to countless fans do you guys find that fans connect more with your lyrics or the actual music
2: I think both. I think MO fans are, are lyric fans because they yeah, enjoy the lyrics. Yeah, I think
3: they like both, you know. They they always enjoy the music, but they always have something to say about the lyrics as well. Like, they'll be like, oh, I, I like what you guys are, you know, what you're talking about or that you shed li- yeah. light on this or something. So there are, there's always talk of the lyrics as well. So it's not just like, oh, you guys, you know, you're heavy, cool, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. like they're always about like, yeah. oh. I you know I like this. You know I like we do with this record. This songs uh, sure. this is cool. Like or like they'll tell us this songs about this. I love that. And even though they might be off, but it's
2: still they're, they're looking at the lyrics. You know
3: what I mean? Well, yeah, like
2: like Kingdom of Conspiracy. That was one that people really enjoyed the concept. You know, they really and a lot of people came up to us and were like, wow, you know, it's so awesome that you guys like. Dedicate this whole album to this idea this concept because this is our reality today. This is what's happening today, you know And uh, we live in a very invasive world where everything is controlled and monitored and and uh, you know and and such so People got that, you know, it was kind of loosely based on, you know, uh, Orwell's, mm-hmm. you know, 1984, mm-hmm. you know, and Our World Today and how his his foresight back then to see into the future and understand, like, wow, we could come to this place yeah. and we're here already, yeah, really. you know, with the telescreens that are, are recording your conversations and, uh, you know, uh, collecting data and all this stuff, you know, and um, so it's loosely based on that. I mean, we the ideas have gone beyond that, of course, for the record, but that's kind of the loose concept mm-hmm. of the record, but fans really... Uh, really got it and they really appreciate it. And that album, in particular, a lot of people were like, hey, you know, I really enjoyed what you you guys said through the lyrics on this record. You know, it definitely touched something. So that was awesome, you know? That was the point. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: So as a fan for me, I think I connected with you guys first live, like being in the crowd.
2: Good, because that's That's kind of where you want to shine, live. Um, Amazing. Awesome, Like
1: I like... Yeah, just mouth breathing, staring at you guys the entire time. Like, and then I went and like listened to you guys, like, and on a musical level, like, you
3: were like, "Oh, these guys are terrible." No.
1: <laughs> but then I was like, <laughs> then and then I studied the lyrics, and I was like, "Oh, like they have shit to say. Like they're shame." We try. Like, we try. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I kind of went. I think backwards mm-hmm. than most yeah. people and connected with you guys live and then worked my way
2: (laughs) but that's a good way to connect though i mean
3: yeah i mean we hope you get you're looking to get new fans by going like we talked about earlier when you're going on a tour it's always good to go with you know a larger act so you get in front of new people you know people that might not necessarily know the band and that's where they're going to catch you is live and you that's where you're making your impression and bringing your music to them so if that's that's what we hope for—is to gain people through playing live. You know, yep. that's that's Absolutely. really where you're going to gain most of the people, I would think, these days.
0: So that's
2: awesome to hear that. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of why we're out there, you know. And it's always great. We had a lot of that on the Cavalera tour when we did the uh, Return to Roots tour, because we hit, like I said earlier in our before interview conversation, you know, a tour like that we reached a lot of new fans who weren't necessarily exposed to what we do, and we had a lot of people on. The next tour come up to us. Hey, I never heard of you guys. I saw you guys on that Return to Roots tour, and I was hooked after that. I I picked up your be Amazing, and that's that's what it's about, you know. And I think live—that's the magic of live, of of performing live, because you have that. 45 minutes, an hour, or however long you have, but that's your moment to shine. And that's where you, you present it all to the people, you yep. know, and, and that's it. You know, it's it's a do or die moment. So you either do it or you don't do it, you know. So it's nice when we get that feedback hey, you know, you guys touched me live in, in a certain way that I, I was inclined to go look at your back catalog and, and, and investigate the band. And, and now I'm a fan. And that's kind of what we want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So.
1: yeah. Um. All right, hold on, because you guys like led into all my questions. I know we're chatty. An- yeah. Well, no, you answered, <laughs> answered like, everything. I, <laughs> I should show you the that notes, happens like, a lot with us. Holy <laughs> Cole, I don't know. My we favorite can talk album, boy. <laughs> Kingdom of conspiracy. Like, uh, oh, um,
2: that's cool. So that's one of your faves too. That's cool.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think it was because I noticed the shift in the lyrical theme. Like, sure, the music is absolutely like spot on, but cool. like I felt that shift and the lyrical theme and yeah, i definitely. with definitely
2: and that that was our first like quote-unquote concept album because that whole album had that common thread throughout um and that was the only album we ever did that atonement is kind of like that in a lot of ways there are a lot of similarly themed songs on that but then there's also some rogue songs that are you know yeah. you know yeah. are, are obligatory <laughs> religious yeah. song and yeah. you know and stuff like that but you know Yeah, in the end, it's it's all about the same stuff.
3: Exactly. (laughs) You know, it's about the world. The world we live in.
1: So do you think a lot of your beliefs came from being force-fed organized religion?
2: I wouldn't say we were force-fed. It wasn't force, but it was just, it was there, you know. I think you just (laughs) just notice
3: it at a certain point in your life. You're just like, yeah, you know, because you are given this from the time you're born, you know. So in your head, you're like, what's going on, you know, and then... At one point, you just kind of wake up and you're like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's when you realize. Sure. And I don't, look, we don't hold anything. I mean, we know plenty of people that are very religious or whatever. And I don't care. You know, it don't bother me. It's just like we have a certain idea about it and our opinion about it. And that's what we put in the music. It doesn't stop me from knowing people or dealing with of people. Course. You know, so, sure. you know, we're not like that. So it's like, it's just an opinion, really, you know. And, and that's what we put into the music. Um we put up a lot of opinions about a lot of things into the music, so but that's where it pretty much is most of the time. It's in the music, and you can interpret it, like we said, the way you want, yep. and that's it. Um, but yeah, it wasn't necessarily like, you know... Yeah, I guess it we weren't forced into it. It, just, it was no. part of what we were yeah. at the time, or our families were into. Yeah. You know, so... Once we weren't into it, it's more traditional. That was it. I guess. They, they realized that, and that's the end of that. It's not like you know, you know what I mean. It's
2: like yeah. they don't hold it against
3: us either. So,
2: it's, well, know. we, well, we, we grew up. I mean, in Yonkers. I mean, it wasn't like if we had grown up like somewhere in the south or something like that, where it was like that. Yeah. then Maybe. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it wasn't uh, forced on us, you know. I mean, it got to a point where I was like. Yeah, I'm, this is not feeling this not feeling this <laughs> not yeah. you know I, I you know you you you're never really feeling it you just kind of go along with well you're it. going life. with the flow it yeah. it feels yeah. like it's you, you feel it's like you should be doing it cuz exactly. everybody else is doing yeah. it and then you realize no it's not the case yeah. you know so yeah question everything mm-hmm, you know <laughs> exactly right.
1: well i think you can relate a mm. lot to this because you grew up in a catholic yeah, yeah. household and you kind of one day would
0: yeah did the yeah. same thing like yeah. wait I was a minute like, Whoa, wait what yeah, exactly. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. The best, Sunday school. The best part about uh,
2: my eleventh grade year in Catholic high school was our religion class of that year. The whole I, the whole premise of the class was questioning the the existence of God, and to me, that was the best class ever because uh, you know uh, you know you have a, um, a uh, you know one of the brothers teaching this class, and he's telling you, okay if there is a God, then how could this, you know, uh, God allow this? And then he'd point out all these crazy atrocities going on in the world that has happened and it's just continuing to happen. And it was a really eye-opening class, and I had felt like that all uh-huh. along. But once I had that class, I was like, wow, you know, now the way he presented it to us it was just brilliant, and that was it for me. I was like, yeah, this is...
3: <laughs> You're like, thanks.
2: Yeah. He was like, wait, no, that's not he what I He proved all the points I was feeling <laughs> without <laughs> me <laughs> having to do it, you know? So. That's and then not they what canceled I meant. That class. Yeah, 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 It was great. It was awesome, actually. Uh, anyway.
1: Um, I don't know that I would consider us like anti religion. Uh, I'll use air quotes, but I think our belief is more around like, just don't be an asshole. Yeah, that's pretty much because pretty I feel much. like the ugly side of religion is people use it as an excuse yeah. to do shitty things absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. well and they have for oh, centuries yeah. I yeah. mean
2: it's just I mean well it's about converting others to mm-hmm. believe in what you believe because that's the only way and that's where it goes
0: mm-hmm. foul i yes. think you know what i'm saying yeah. and that
2: and those fundamental uh you know uh mindsets that like it's this way or or not you know that's that's where it becomes dangerous yeah and, it is, yes. and there's no line there it's just like it all blurs together with these people so and that's the scary part you know where it just becomes this blind dedication to some imaginary whatever you know and hey listen People of people, I'm all for people having their own beliefs, Absolutely. you know, just don't push it on me. And that's, you know, you know, you find that a lot, though, people trying to push that on you and force it on you. And it's like, no, just leave me out of it. I'm, I'm fine with you doing your thing. Just be fine with me doing my thing. Yep. And that's it. And know?
1: nobody be shitty. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: So if you guys aren't religious, um, what are your thoughts on like life after death?
2: I believe in energy. I think it's just our energy just continues on. That's what it's I believe. God. That's it. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. After you yeah. know, just like years and years of thinking about it, and it's like it's just got to be energy. You know, it's our energy continues yeah. on somewhere. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, that's that's it, man. It's all about energy. All about physics. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Makes sense.
1: What about
3: you, Bob? We just hope for the best.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Buckle up. Do? It's like <laughs> we'll find. We're going to find. We're all going to find out in one day. So exactly. <laughs> I just right. figure. When my time comes,
2: I'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> what are you gonna yeah. do? <laughs> yep. Not too worried about it. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. You make the most of it while you're here, yep. and that's it. You try to live as as good as you can right now while you're 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 in the game.
1: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Be a
0: good person. To be a good exactly. person, not because you're gonna be rewarded when you die. Exactly. Uh, exactly. There's nothing hard about no, that. It's I agree. Do yeah. you know? Yeah. I ha- I have a question about the immolation sound. Um, sure. So, I, you guys have both cited Possessed Seven Churches, I think, as influential. Definitely. Um, I hear some of the dark darkness of that record in your sound, but you, you guys don't sound like Possessed. No, definitely but, not. But um, it seems like you sounded like Immolation right away. Like you you had a sound that mm. was it sounded really developed right on from the beginning. That's cool, because
2: I mean, at the beginning, you probably saw more of our influences in the first album. But by the second album, I think we were kind of out on our own planet somewhere. And <laughs> here and After was its its own thing, you yeah. know, and I think Failures was its own thing. And I think from that point on, after the third album, I think we kind of fine-tuned the songwriting to a degree. Mm-hmm. So I think with Close and Unholy Cult and, and especially Harnessing, Harnessing was probably the most... You know, stripped down record as far as being less quirky and and weird and just being like, you know, that's it. It's stripped down and raw, and these are the songs, you know. Um, and then after that, what we have? Shadows after that, and then Majesty. And I think Atonement was the one where it all kind of gelled. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, we were we got close a few times, but I think Atonement was the one that kind of uh, the songwriting was, I think, probably our best. Uh, we trimmed off all the, f- the excess fat that we didn't need. Um, everything was refined. But I think the songs also on that album are, are special because they have, and we were just talking about this, they have all the elements that I think make this band what it is, you know, from the, the extreme, fast, uh, uh, dynamic parts, the slow, uh, creepy, dirty parts and to the epic, weird, uh, like multiple layered guitar parts that kind of give you this big, grand, uh, whatever vibe. But I think that's what makes Atonement what it is, is, is so good. And I think that's why it got, uh, we got such a good, positive response for that one is because the songs had all those mm-hmm. elements in it, each song. Each song was a standalone, mm-hmm. there was no filler in that album and I think... Took us a long time. It was our tenth record.
3: So. Yeah, I think every album is a learning process, and obviously we're always still learning. So I think that record just hit it off as far as the songwriting and as well as the production. I think we just it all got nailed on that record, which is yeah. great. And you know, like Ross said, we've come close a few times, and you know, sometimes you, you you get close, but you don't quite get it. But I think that one just kind of really uh, we felt yeah. all the most comfortable with it, and then. And going forward, too, it's like the new stuff, we're just trying to really, like, you know, just get the most out of every song. You know, we don't want to have, we never really tried to have any filler, but I'm saying it's like more and more as you, <laughs> as you write and write and write, you realize, okay, do I need to do this this many times? Can we get to the point a little quicker? Yeah. Can we make this part stronger? Is that part even necessary? You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. it's like, you kind of realize totally. that and you learn and you learn how to just write better, you know I mean? Sure. we could go back
2: to those records and just pick apart every song song oh I'm sure you could that could totally lose that That and it's a a shame because there's some songs that could be four times (laughs) there's some songs
3: back there that are like back in the day (laughs) where I'm just like wow it's like wow that part I love so much but we'll probably never play that song because the rest of the song is like five minutes of just like, what, what the hell's going on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it took all that time just to get to that one great part, but, you know, well, that just wasn't, you know... I mean, granted, I, I still like this stuff, but it's like, we can't sure. play that live, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just too much going on, and then all of a sudden it gets to that great part that you're, you're waiting for, but, you know, it took you long, too long to get there, buddy, you know? <laughs> so,
2: yeah, exactly. So it's like,
3: you know, now I think we just you know, we just learned to write better. You know, we've become better at what we do, which you would hope you do after 30 some odd years. Well, at least we could say that. I think I can confidently say we've definitely gotten better at what we're doing, you know, uh, at least, you know, as far as we're concerned, you know, we feel better about the music that we're writing, both musically, lyrically, and how we're we're putting it all together. And, And the fact that I think like Ross said on this last record, every song you could play live, and we have. It's probably the first record yeah, we played we every song live since the first record, maybe, that, that we've actually went out and re- played every song live at one point or another. You sure. Know? Um. So that's the key for us, is just to create the best stuff that we can for that moment, you know, and I think as we have another album past us, the moment, you know, we get better with each moment because we're, we've learned from the last one, you know, so. Yep. And that's all you can hope for, you know, and and, and we just do that. We go forward and, we try not to overthink it, even though sometimes we do, but we just try and just keep writing as best we can and be as creative as possible. And that's what it's all about. And that's, that's all we can do is just do our best and cross our fingers <laughs> and hope for the best.
1: <laughs> you guys do your yeah, best, yeah. for sure. Uh, close to a world below. You had some yeah, questions Yeah, I have another question
0: that? first, though. Oh, okay. Um, so y- you guys always sound like immolation for, uh, I mean, every record, it's immolation. Different, maybe, but emulation. Yeah, different, yeah. definitely. <laughs> for record, um, do you guys change how you write depending on the different drummers you've worked with over the years? Um, no, not really, <laughs> because we just write. You're, you know,
3: a lot of the writing I do since the second record, I'll always have ideas for the mm-hmm. drums, and I'll, I'll, because the first here and after the first record, I had a drum machine, so. Once I got that and learned how to use it, I was like, all right, you know, and then I started creating all sorts of crazy shit. That so, was it. It was over for <laughs> It's like, It's like, I don't think uh, uh, Craig still forgives me for the second record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. But I mean, what happens is that I'll just come up with these ideas and then I'll present them and then, you know, sometimes we use them, sometimes we, we, we vary them or whatever, but the drummers are always, you know, luckily we've been very lucky to have all great drummers in our career, you know, so... And now with Steve, you know, uh, obviously he's been with us the longest, and I feel he's the best one we've had, and, and he's he has his own style, just like the rest, but, you know, it's like, I'll present stuff to him, and then he takes that, and then he'll add his own thing to it, or sometimes he'll change stuff up, but we're always, we're always working it together and trying to make the best out of it together, so that's, in the end, that's what it comes out to, it's like everybody working on it together and putting in their opinions and saying, okay, you know, this is it, but let's see if... You know does that work is there, you know i like what you did with this but you know the original we had this was better you know so it's like but i like what you came up with i would have never thought some of the beats steve comes up with i'm like i'll listen to it for the first time which you know of course most of the time is in the studio when he's recording <laughs> and i'm just like yeah it's hard i'll be like what the <laughs> hell is he doing you know yeah. and then it'll take me a minute but i'm like oh i see what he's doing Wow, oh, oh, that's pretty cool uh, that i would have never thought of you know so it's cool you know so we just but the writing is always the same as far as when i'm putting the stuff together you know i just try and come up with as many ideas as i can for the music for the drums for everything and then that's it and then we we kind of work everything together you know so the the key is that you know you have four guys that are looking at the music trying to listen to it trying to get the best out of it and especially steve i mean he's got the hardest job as far as i'm concerned you know cuz yeah you know Definitely. he's got to not only listen to what i'm trying to do but then he's got to come up with his own stuff too that works with it and see what he likes and doesn't like about what i did and then add his own stuff to make it his thing and and then i mean he's great at doing that and but then he's got to practice it and you know it's a lot easier for me to to come up with riffs and just play them it's not that hard with him he's gotta you know he's got to get all the drums down work on his parts and that takes time to get all that down you know so the drums
2: are a huge part of yeah I man
3: they're a very big part yeah. and to me they're one of the most important parts about what makes say a riff work you know yep. if the riff doesn't have the yeah. right beat behind it it could really make or break yeah. it and I've always felt that you know Absolutely. so that's why my when I'm writing my conscious I'm always conscious of the drums constantly you know especially with a lot of the weird parts we do I'm always trying to come up with something that I feel best suits the part and then then we'll work it out together to make sure what's best or not but i'm always it's always on my mind you know so uh but
2: that's a good it's a good system because he could lay down Oops. he could lay down a template you know in the program to give steve an idea of you know because i think the hardest part for a drummer is to understand the, the parts to understand mm-hmm. the riffs mm-hmm. you know uh so by bob laying out a you know a basic template i mean it's just kind of the beat uh, to show the speed or to show like transitions Mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever he's doing, but it's, it's a basic kind of thing to kind of give him an idea of like, okay, this is a template, use this template and, you know, go for it. And Steve's great at coming up with just unique, off kind of cool sounding parts, you know? And I think that's, that's essential for like what Mm -hmm. we do, you know, you need something, it just can't be all blast beats, (laughs) you know, it has to be, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of cool cymbal stuff and off time stuff. And he comes from like a like a jazz background too, so you know he's coming from a, a, a different place. So he has cool input, yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. it's awesome, you know.
3: So the process to answer your question, the process is pretty much okay. the same. It's I just what that the question. Was. <laughs> yeah. The process has been the same. It, I think the biggest change in the writing process is when I first started using a computer to do it, rather than waving my arms in the rehearsal room. You know? Yeah, so pretty much. It just much. became an. Uh, it was amazing for me to sit there and uh-huh. write something and create drums and create. Overlays and sometimes even solos that I'll take from the pre-production and throw them right on the record because I like the nice. way they came out. And it's just like but it was just great to be able to create that and show it to the guys and say, this is this is the song, this yeah. is what I'm thinking about. And that's the way we've been oh. doing it. And it's like, you know, I'll play the song for them, I'll send it out to them, and you know, like with the last record, I'd say it would be like, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, but at yeah. least I could present it to them in such a way where they could either like it, not like it, or say, okay, well we Ooh, can yeah. change this. And it's just it's so much better than trying to like sit there back in the day I would Oh. I'd call Ross on the phone And I'd be like Yeah check this out This, the this song <laughs> It was like The song Close to well Below yeah. eight, eight minute song I'm like Alright check this out It would just be me Playing the guitar Over the, phone to, phone, phone, the phone to him For ten minutes the pacing to to And I'm just I'm like listen to it And I'll explain after You know like what's going on after And you know So no drums no, I'm just playing it Through the phone You know what I mean So we've come a long way You know with the technology yeah. And we've taken advantage of that and, and it's just nice for me To sit down and create a song and at least have a represent what I'm thinking and feeling, and say, "Here it is. Let's mm-hmm. go from there." You know, and that's that that that's a big deal mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. You know? Instead
2: of hearing just like riffs in a rehearsal room or hearing something on a cassette yeah. tape that he recorded in a jam box, we're yeah. hearing a song that's almost completed. Mm-hmm. You know, you have multiple guitar tracks and you have drums. Now uh, you don't have vocals, and bass of course, or or solos. Or so sometimes you throw solos. Yeah, yeah, the
3: solos are there, but overlays. I do a lot of but overlay parts. So I'll, if I have an idea for that, I throw sure. it in there. So at least it sounds like you're listening to something real as opposed to just like Russ said, a bunch of riffs with nothing else. Yeah. yeah. What
2: helps you envision the f- the finished song? You know, helps you envision that. You know, so if you could hear, you know, hear it in that way it kind of uh, almost you know sparks new ideas like oh wow that part's awesome we could do something here and you know maybe some vocal here but you're hearing it more as a complete song rather than just a bunch of like shitty sounding yeah, parts yeah. you know are yeah. trying to figure out and you, you don't ever learn like once you actually learn how to play it like oh that's how that part goes cuz you're hearing it one way and then you play it and you're like oh it goes like that it's totally different than what i'm hearing you know and that's a big thing for drummers too drummers will hear mm-hmm. riffs and, you know, they're not playing them, so they're yeah. hearing them, and, uh, you know, they're hearing them a totally different way. And and it will say, you know that part? And, and he'll hum the part and, like, what part is that? <laughs> <laughs> like that? The main part, like, that's how you hear it. You know, it's, like, <laughs> weird, you know? So, But this
3: way definitely, I mean, we still have that. We still have those moments, but I think definitely totally. with the way we do it now, it's, it's a lot more decipherable rather than so sure. playing in a rehearsal room. Like, here's the riff. It goes like this, you know? He's actually got it to listen to. Steve can listen yep. to it, absorb it. And then, what I'll do, like I've been starting to do recently, is send him, I'll send him the pre production first with the drums and everything. He'll absorb it. And then I'll send him two separate tracks just a metronome and just the scratch guitars, no more drums. So now he's got my ideas that I sent to him. So he knows how the song goes. Yep. And then he could sit there and work on stuff himself, too, without the drums blaring away there. You know? Yeah. So, and. Honestly, that's what happens. He does that, and once he gets that down, that's what he uses in the studio. We didn't, we don't play it long. He just plays to that pre-production with the click track, yeah. and that's it. You know, so it makes
2: it easier for us too. It's pretty kissing. Cool. Yeah. yeah, you already have the scratch guitars because typically we'd go into the studio and we'd all stand in there with the drummer playing the song through yeah. to get a scratch guitar run for him, and then he would stay in there and and get it until he got it right, but we'd always have to be in there. Now
3: mind you, we were doing this back since the early 90s, so.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. A lot of the younger people yeah.
3: listen to and be like, we never did that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> we're going back to two inch tape days, not yeah. digital, you know.
3: But so, for us it was new, it was great. So now, yeah. the fact that we could just let Steve sit in there sure. with Paul, our producer, and then he'll just be like, all right, come in and check it out. Like instead of having a, you know, it's, it's actually more comfortable for him to just be in there with Paul and do his thing. And then we'll come in and listen later to sit there and like, you know, we'll go in there and watch sometimes. But I mean, you know, it's much easier for him to just be sit, sit there, play along like he does yeah. in his rehearsal room, yeah. do yep. his thing and be like, OK, I'm done. And then we come and listen. And, and it's whatever. not stressful because yeah. we're
2: not like on top of him, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. watching him play, yeah. you know, give him a, a hang yeah. up on something. You know, it's just like he's in there doing his thing. And then when he's comfortable and he gets it nailed he will say, come on in, check it out, and we'll go okay. in there we'll listen to it and like, okay, it sounds great, or sounds cool, maybe this part needs to be adjusted, or something sounds weird there, could you fix that? But, you know, generally when we come in to listen to it, he's comfortable with it. Yeah. So it's, I think it works, it's better that way. You yeah. Know, it's, you're not like, uh... well, yeah, you not don't sure. want to feel like, now <laughs> that Making he thinks that, but you don't want to, you know, like... It's hard enough in a studio. Like we're judging judging
3: him or something. It's like, especially like I said, the past few records are like, I think even the last record finally is when we we would hear some of the stuff he was doing because he had the the opportunity to be able to record himself with our stuff, even though we didn't really practice together a lot for that record either. But he would at least record himself, send it to us and be like, okay, we hear what you're doing, you know. But before that, it was like, we wouldn't have a clue what he's actually playing until we're in the studio. So he would do his thing and we'd come in there and be like, like I said before, like war well, Then what's that? You know. <laughs> and then some of the stuff he's doing is like so so unique and so interesting that you don't catch it at first. You know, yeah. especially me if I'm if I've done the pre-production, I've listened to it a certain way. It's in my head that way for a year now. Listening to it, and then he's doing some something completely completely off, different from, than what I'm used to. But then when I hear what he's doing, and I realize what he's doing, it makes and sense. I get it. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, so you know, so now it's different like now we're gonna we're gonna actually be getting together before we get into the studio for this record go over stuff like steve's already working on stuff to send to us for stuff that i've done already so in other words we're, we're in the process now of just listening to steve's stuff and then soon we're gonna be getting together and, and working on stuff together which we haven't done in years you know what i mean as far as yeah. before recording a record to, to sit down play the songs go through them together come up with ideas together while we're you know, in the um, same room. Yeah, it's we've, we've never done that before. We're so. not
2: like, we're just so not like a typical band. Like when we yeah. go into the studio to do a record, like we haven't even rehearsed together for that record. Like we're all in there for the first time, playing these songs for the first time. You we're know. Not I mean, even we're together. rehearsing yeah. them on our own, but yeah. we're playing them for the first time for real, <laughs> you know, in the studio. Yeah. So you don't know how things are going to work out. And we're hearing, like Bob said, that we're hearing what Steve's doing, truly hearing it for the first time in the studio. So it is kind of weird because you're like, okay, you know, because there's been times like in the last record, he's had a part and he'll have spent a lot of time on this one section of a song, and it's like, no, no, I got, it. don't worry, and he'll go in there and do it, and it doesn't fit, and we're just like,
4: use <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. it, dude,
2: you know, <laughs> and then he's got to like on the fly come up with something different. so yeah. it was the only time. Luckily, so it
3: wasn't. Didn't it was like one part or something part that was really, yeah. you know, doesn't but, happen that often, but it happens some time yeah. to time. Yeah, you know? but that's just you know the way we're doing it you're bound to run into that once in a while and
2: that's only our malfunction that's yeah. my point like doing it the way we do it like you do sometimes have a s- surprises in <laughs> yeah. the studio we've arranged songs completely in the studio after the fact like oh, steve yeah. has recorded his parts gone home yeah. and then when he hears the finished song it's completely <laughs> different because we're like yeah it's not working we'll just yep. arrange it digitally uh-huh. in the studio because yep. you could do that now. we had to do we that we were able to do that back a couple in the day. older tracks so and, and Steve will be like, "What the fuck? I didn't play this. Why?" What?
3: It was like, again, uh, pretty much every record since the first one or second one, we'll get in the studio for two weeks to record, and that's when Ross and I start writing the lyrics. Yeah, for the two weeks that we're in the wow. studio recording, well, and the that's first happened. When, two
2: records weren't like that. That's what like, I said yeah, after the second yeah, record. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, so basically, like we're sitting there while Steve's recording his track. Ross and I are bouncing ideas around, writing stuff, yeah. coming up with stuff. So you know, so long story short we had a song a few records ago where it's just like you know we have ideas of where the li- you know where the vocals will be but then f- sometimes we they're not the same idea so oh yeah he'll yeah, be totally. like i really wanted to sing on that part and i'm like oh okay <laughs> well um, <laughs> i thought you were gonna sing on this part i thought this part would be better no i want to sing on that part and i'm like well yeah actually that would be cool but because the songs <laughs> arranged the other way we might have to make some changes totally, so we yeah. literally had steve was already home we had to cut up a track yeah and arrange it differently. And I'm like, if you're gonna do it on that pork, we could do it like this, as long as Paul can cut it up and do that, you know. And sure enough, it worked. And then when Steve heard the song, he's like, What the I didn't play what the heck? you know, because it was arranged differently, you know. And it was so funny, and honestly, it came out, it was definitely for the best, and it and it we ended up arranging it in such a strange way because of the way it happened that
2: it actually made it the song that much better. So it yeah. was actually really cool. <laughs> Some that happens a lot. Sometimes I'll I'll start laying down the vocals, and I was like, Oh, I do not know you were going to do it like
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the best is on the last, no, on, not, on Kingdom of Conspiracy, there was one part in one of the songs where Ross had one idea, right? Okay, so he had the idea where he was going to say it. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, and then I, I said, well, I was kind of thinking like this. And he's like, oh, okay, that sounds cool, but all right. How did you want to do it? Because now he's been practicing it a certain way. I've been way. doing it one Not way for we like had... a month now. Now yeah. he's like, we're going to change some it right stuff, now. You know? Some ideas he might have had, or if he didn't, he you know whatever. We, you know Like I said, we're writing a lot of the stuff in the studio. So yeah. even if he's in there for those few days rehearsing it now, that's the only way he knows it, regardless if it was a month or two days. That's what he knows. So he got it down, and then, then I'm like, yeah, try it like this. And he's like, oh, I like that. All right, I can do that. And then it was the funniest thing. I would be it was just me and Paul and Ross in the studio and Ross is in the booth, which is literally right there with a the curtain, you know. And we're going through the part and we're, it comes up and then he's completely off and I'm like, uh and I'm like, all right. By the like tenth time, it would just be like he'd start out and I'd try to explain it to him and then he'd go into record, hit record, and all of a sudden. He would, one word would come out of his mouth and then all of a sudden he made he, me and Paul like laughing hysterically. I'd hear them die and I'm like, oh my God. Because he would be like so
2: I'm off. Like, it's a mental block. Because I just he just, was like, timing was he, weird. Yeah, he had his
3: certain thing I down. Was used
2: to doing it one and way and now I had it completely and completely he couldn't
3: comprehend it. So it was odd wo-
2: timing and I was all <laughs> fucked up.
3: We actually ended up, he recorded it close enough but we ha- we ended up sliding the yeah, parts. Yeah, he moved it. So he recorded stuff we were able to slide bits and pieces of every word or like if he did say 10 words, we'd slide word two to go here that word to go there yep. and it worked and it
2: fit and now he's, it's like no problem nice. for him now but it was just so funny <laughs> oh, I remember, remember that cause all I remember is like I do the line it was like one fucking line that's all I had yeah. to do it wasn't, yeah. and I was so used to doing it the other way and the way the music went I was on time with what I was doing, but not on time to what they mm-hmm. wanted me to do. It was so off, and I wasn't used to it, so I had this mental block. And I'd I'd start out one way, and I'd go back into the old way, and I'd stop, and I'd be like, how was it? And I'd hear them like crying, <laughs> laughing, and I'm like, oh my God, I did right? <laughs> so
3: that being said, I mean, over the past few records, uh, half, most of our career that we've done it that way, it's like I think we're finally going to try and go into this record where we actually, for the first time, maybe do vocals on the pre-production Some too. pre-production, yeah. So, you know, the get the lyrics done, get the vocals done before we get into the studio, maybe. Yeah. And yeah.
4: <laughs> Imagine <laughs> <it'll> just, that.
3: <laughs> we'll be able to enjoy it better. I mean, we always enjoy it, but like I it's, told yeah. Ross, it's like we, we enjoy it, but there'll be so much less stress and pressure added if we didn't have to write and figure out how to do all the lyrics and vocals (laughs) while we're there, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, Majesty,
2: Majesty and Decay, we had one afternoon into the evening to do the vocals, like, because everything ran so late. I had to do the whole fucking record, like, Sunday afternoon.
3: Yeah, because we were running out of time, because all the tracking took longer than we thought for everything else, so Ross had, like, a day and a half, or maybe, like, a day to do the whole thing. Total (laughs)
2: fail. And it sucks, because once you start rehearsing live show you always think of shit you could have done differently I'm like oh, yeah. I'm doing it this way I could have done it this way it would have been so much better I could have accented this or whatever I done something different here would have made it better but I don't I couldn't cuz I didn't have time you know so that's what we're going to hopefully you know
3: I mean we we were lo- very lucky I think we did Pretty decent, considering the way we did it in the past. How many years? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Ten records. Now it's like, okay, now we'd like to actually do that, and it would be just better, better for Ross. It's better for the songs. It's better for everybody, you know. It's just, and it's better for us not to have to sit there and write, you know, anywhere from ten to twelve songs of lyrics in it's, the studio.
2: too. It's cool. It's I, I don't mind it because like we work well together, so we're always bouncing ideas. So yeah, we'll just sit literally he'll be at that side of the table. I'll be this side with our computers. We'll have our ideas and we're just working on stuff. And I'd say, hey, check this out. What do you think of this? And he's like, well, I was thinking of this. And then we'll go, oh, that, I like that. And he's like, oh I like that. And then we'll just kind of work it like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah just, it's yeah. good to have yeah. Yeah, two different Oh no,
3: it's great. It's just that we just it would be nice to do it ahead of time so now we can a get in there more time. And just sure. sit back and just record and only record and yeah. then just kind of like, you know, I think it'll just be a, a nicer it. experience, yeah. you know. Yeah, it'd be
2: nice to go. It's always the studio great,
3: but it's just nice to be I able have to have to happen. work that yeah. hard. Yeah, exactly. It's just chill and then just record and that and that write at the time. I mean,
2: lower was like the last song we wrote the lyrics for on this this last record and we were up to like 4 in the morning we were like from like night. 7 at night we had our dinner after the session and we sat down. And we had the the concept, and we had a couple of ideas and a couple of lines. And we are like, we have to finish the song because tomorrow's fucking wow. D day. I got to do the vocals oh, tomorrow. Yeah. And we literally were up to like four in the morning, going back and forth <laughs> like that, just like, all right, try this. Oh, this is good. And then he came up with some great parts. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That's exactly what we need here. And then sometimes we're not on the same page. You're like, here's the idea I have, and I'll explain it to him. And he's like, okay. And then he'll maybe take it in a di- different direction. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't kind of thinking of that because this is kind of where we're going with this. And then he'll be like, oh, okay. I see it. And then, you know, so sometimes you're not on the same page. And then when you finally get on the same page, yeah. it works. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. But it's good
3: because we, you know, we both like this. We work well together and we're trying to come up with different ideas. And and I think we trust each other and what we're coming up with too, you know. Yeah. That, and, uh, so, you know, it's a fun process. It becomes
2: Bob always comes up with my favorite lines. I'm like, asshole, that was my favorite <laughs> line, I lost my favorite line <laughs> of the album right there. <laughs> but it's like
3: I'd just rather Dick. do the process prior to the studio. That's all <laughs> <laughs>
1: On a new album,
2: yes, yes. we like six songs. Yeah, that's why he's up. He's teaching me some of the. Just
3: heard the six <laughs> ones today. <Nice. Good> <laughs> that's amazing.
1: Do you guys have like a timeline? Well,
3: we're well, trying to get it. I'd say we're we I'd like to be in the studio anywhere between by by the end of June, the latest. You know what I mean? Like be in and done with the, the record before the end of June. You know, maybe earlier. But yeah, we're, we're in the writing process now. We're six songs in, and it's moving. You know what I mean? Like because now it's like I'm really. I I was concentrating on it for a while, but then. We started, you know, we toured all last year, pretty yeah. much. So it kind of got put on the back burner. I was hoping to do some stuff on the road, but it was just too much going on, you know. So yeah,
2: uh, yeah we had three of these songs. We actually rehearsed together for the uh, first yeah. time back in like August, or whenever we went. Yeah, out we Ohio, actually. Yeah. It's hard to believe.
3: I'm like, wow, we actually played these songs together. Three of these songs, the first three songs together, like
2: last year, sometime, you know.
3: <laughs> so, so now I'm just back into the uh, process heavily now, and and you know, it takes a little time to to get started. That's always the hardest part, even when you're coming in. You know, three songs in, you're like, okay, here we go again. But yeah. once I'm, once I get started, then you just got to keep going, keep going, and and the more songs you get done, the more I guess confidence, or the more you're like, all right, the now the album, yeah, the momentum's going, but the, yeah. the album actually starts to take shape. Because as yep. much as uh, I think you know everything sounds like you were saying earlier with which sounds like emulation but i think every record kind of has its own vibe absolutely for sure yeah and this one's starting to take on the vibe now yeah. once we're not you know once i got about four or five songs in and now we're in the so now it's definitely taking on its own vibe now which is cool and and that helps in creating the rest of it too because it's like okay it's taking shape and i kind of i'm i'm getting a vibe now from these six songs that are together and now where should it go from here what yeah. else do we need you know because yeah,
2: you don't you don't really know the record until you have a bunch of songs. Like, okay, now I understand the record. Now we have a direction. Now, now these songs together feel like something that should belong together. You yeah. know, and that's kind of how you proceed. Mm. You
3: and know? that helps me going forward in the sense of like, okay, because I, in the end, I look at every record as like one big song. Like, what is the whole yeah. entity missing? You know what I mean? It's yep. like if I'm, regardless of what I guess the order they end up in, what's missing? Do I need something? You know, am I missing like? I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but like, do I need something that's a little bit more energetic yeah. now? Or do I or need something that's darker now, or or just slower? Something moody or heavier? Like, or what 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 makes this these songs? What's going to make all this one full thing? You know I mean? yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. kind of like helps me go forward. So the more songs I get done, the more it helps me move forward in yep. knowing what's yeah, missing. Yeah, that totally you know? makes sense. So,
2: yeah.
1: Absolutely. And it helps
2: with every aspect. It helps with the lyrics. You know, sure. when you understand direction the album's going in, and you understand. The mood and the feeling of the songs—they kind of, in a weird way, they kind of speak to you. Like we'll have ideas and concepts, and they'll only apply to certain songs musically. Like, like, it's weird, but like, if you have one concept, it'll work with, let's say, this song musically because yes. it's it's that kind of vibe. I'd it say could was good, good at it picking have the that songs vibe.
3: for the vibe because, like, I'll, I'll have an idea about a song, and then uh, sometimes I'll have just have a lyric or a lyrical, life, even like you said, lower, right? So yeah. that that's the idea I had for the song, lower so that was my title and I had an idea what it was going to be about and then he suggested which song 1 through 11 he felt that should be lower and I'm like yeah you think so that should be lower you know? <laughs> and then I'm like I don't know you know. and then I'm like <laughs> then I'm like oh okay you know like he's good at definitely Damn it Ross figuring out like yeah this song kind of I feel I'm feeling this from that song I'm feeling that from that song and and, and it works you know so sure it's, um, but yeah every song you know the music speaks to you the, uh, the idea once you have an idea then you have something to go on you know if you're just yeah. like I'm just gonna and honestly I, I Sometimes the music speaks to you in the sense of I'll just listen to music one of the songs I had and I'll just all of a sudden lines will just start coming at me and I'll start putting them out there and sometimes the most of them will work for that song but it's just like I'll just hear the music and imagine what's going to be going over it and then some kind of lyrics will just come
2: out and I'm like okay that could work for something you know yeah <laughs> it's, yeah
4: like that's just the way it is you sometimes just, that it's a,
2: for me it's different I'll have I'll come up with ideas and lines and uh, you know whatever and then I'll when I start hearing the songs I am like oh wow this song could do something for this song like this you know and you have an idea and you, you apply it to that song and then you start to develop it, you know with that song in mind you know just like Bob said it, it, they don't work for every song they work with specific songs so yeah it's a weird process you know and you don't really think of it until we're, like, dissecting it now, you know, yeah. we're talking about it. Yeah. But you just kind of, it just happens, and it's just organic, you know, but when you you stop to dissect it, it is a weird kind of process, the way we mentally kind of, you know, <laughs> Work go through, through it. Album. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 It's fun, though. I mean, we enjoy it, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't still be doing it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and you're happily doing it. We are, we oh, are, yeah. absolutely. Like, you guys are friends. You are family. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, we are not It's like you. Can you not?
3: Tell it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's like
2: we spent a lot of time on the road together. that <laughs> has been a long thirty two years. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's why it, it works so well as you know, is because we're all tight mm-hmm. and we're all on the same page yeah. and we, we kinda like I know we we have a, a very similar vision. I mean it's the same vision. You know, we know what we want to convey with the music mm-hmm. and the lyrics, so as long as everybody's on the same page, the rest falls into place, you know? Once you have the ideas, it's, it, it falls into place. But that's, I think the hardest is getting those ideas and, you know, building on mm-hmm. them, you know, that's the hardest thing. Like when we went into Kingdom of Conspiracy, I had most of everything kind of mapped out. I had the whole concept, I had almost every song title or idea for each song. And then we just got in the studio and said, okay, let's develop this song. Here's yeah. my ideas for this song. And then that's it, we worked on it. And we, we Back yeah once once you have a
3: direction it. it's like okay you know even if you say okay this song's gonna be about this it's yes like, okay cool go <laughs> yeah <Exactly. laughs>
2: then you can make it. if happen. there's no
3: idea then it's yeah. like a fail you if know, i like. don't
2: have an idea it's a fail for me and we've had a, some records where i'll have like a bunch of ideas for like five or six songs and then the last three or four zero and then i'm just fuck man I yeah fuck <laughs> now. and then that's like come on lyric fairy yeah. come on <laughs> exactly
3: <laughs> there's times we'll be in the studio and it's like he'll be like all right, I'm done. I got to go to sleep. You know, it's like, you know, we're, cause we're up late, you know, we're yeah. trying to figure this out. He's like, all right, I'm toast, man. So he'll go to sleep and all of a sudden he'll wake up and <laughs> and I'll like Ten leave songs. this, I'll like leave this stuff out there for him to check out and are like, huh, Oh, what's
4: this? Oh, 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 man.
3: He's like, it's like the Lyric Fairy. <laughs> presented me with some lyrics.
2: This is good. i have been to this. Thanks, Lyric Fairy. That's He's amazing. He's like, I'm just going to put this song
3: under my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, song song? On his lyrics.
2: <laughs> but it's like that, you know? It's like we've had some times where I'll, I'll just be so fucking done and oh, frustrated yeah. and have that wall, you know, just no inspiration. I'm like, I got I to gotta step off now and just... Take a break and go to sleep or whatever, and then he'll just.
3: And then I'll be up till six in the morning, yeah, and I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, "Here's some ideas." I'm like, man, <laughs> it.
2: Uh,
3: but yeah, it's it's, it is. it's fun. I mean, it's a process, but we enjoy it. And I think, as hard as it is going into a new record, it's like once we actually start creating it and it starts taking shape and we start working on the stuff, it's, and that's what makes it exciting. Like, where can we take this now? You know, it's like we've been doing it 32 years. It's like. What can we do at least new for ourselves or as a band just, you know, you're, you're growing, you're trying to take what you do and take it to another level or at least do your best at it and make something more interesting than maybe you did before or just keep it as interesting as it's been, you know? Yep. So it's always a challenge, but to us to hear new stuff, it's always like, ah, ah, that's cool. You know, it's like we enjoy it. It's the heart, one of the hardest parts other than coming up with a well, set list, but
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing that while maintaining like the true essence of what the band is and was what we started out, you know, without kind of deviating from mm-hmm. that and going into uncharted territories that will kind of, uh, I don't know, just ruin it for us, you know. Like, you know, some bands will, t- like, okay, we're going to go in this direction now and totally yeah. fail, yeah. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know. It's like,
3: what I mean, f- we, yeah, yeah thinking, we know what you know? we want to, you know, we know what so, we want it to be. We, we don't want to, we have yeah. no, uh, well, you know, we're not going to change it completely no. just to do something. You know, it's, like it's it always been we want us We want to like it. We want to make sure not only that we like it, but we feel like,
2: all right, this is immolation This represents well, yeah, what we're doing. It has you know, to
3: be. We have to be happy with it. Yeah. You know?
2: it has to be something that represents the band. Something that you know embodies what this band is about. You know, I I, I can't see us like taking that left turn and you know pulling a cold lake or something like that. <laughs> yeah, know, we're like just completely off off. Track, you know, like we'll you know. have Ross
3: maybe actually sing on the next record, you know, he'll actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we
2: wouldn't do anything like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We you want to keep it uh, you want to keep that essence.
1: Well, it's like emulation plus vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Like you we, guys are emulation, but sure. each album takes on like a different vibe.
2: Sure, but it's still it's still us though. Yes. You know, I don't want to you know, dilute that and make it something different you know we don't and, and want that either no so that's <laughs> so we always keep that in mind yeah. that's you know that's one thing we're always conscious of throughout the whole process yeah he lets the music take him in all kinds of different directions but we still try to maintain that essence throughout yep. the whole mm-hmm. process and if there's something that's like i don't know yeah. i'm not comfortable doing that it's yeah. not that's something a fail, we would do or maybe or it sounds like something we did before or oh, that whatever sounds you know like this band and yeah, i don't yeah. want to even Hutch on that it's yeah. not who we are i'm like the qc guy you know the quality <laughs> control guy I'm like, oh, well, i don't yeah. know yeah i don't know <laughs> it's like steve alex
3: and ross i like to you know it's <laughs> like i i, I throw it out to keep the pe- them honest <laughs> i throw it out into the peanut gallery and i hope for the best you know
2: but that being said that's rare though I mean, oh no usually, i know 99 percent of the time i love what he's presenting me you know there are a few cases where i'm just i don't know It's kind of generic sounding, or it kind of reminds me of something else, and I'll say, here, this is what it reminds me of. Yeah,
3: and I don't even like, as soon as anybody even says that, I'll just drop it. It's like, I don't even, you know, I don't even want to go down that road, you know what I mean? If someone's like, this kind of sounds like that, I'm like, all right, I get it. (laughs) You know, it's like, I don't want... And
2: we've had, like we said before, we've had times where we've changed stuff in the studio. No Jesus, No Beast was one of those songs. He had a part in No Jesus, No Beast off the third album. And it was a weird part That came in the middle Of the song During the heavy section And it was like A really kind of uh, Like an upbeat Kind of part And it just did not Fit there remember
3: That one That was that one was No Jesus No Beast Yeah What's the other song I'm thinking about too it Was it Burial Ground <laughs>
2: That <laughs> uh, one too right? Maybe Burial Ground too But, but that no was Jesus, earlier. Yeah, no Jesus But No Jesus too. No Beast Because I we, we were Actually tracking yeah. that And I started to goof on. I was jumping Oh yeah You know <laughs> And he was like I was like I don't know dude I'm not thinking We're well, really like uh, Alright well we're well, like, right, well, well, we 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 Not drop it here Because we dropped Into this heavy Sick part, and then it kind of went into this weird upbeat part, and it did not fit. And I was like, I don't know, dude, you know, you know, and you hate to be like that. We're like, like not feeling it. And he was like, All right, gone. So we get rid of it. So it's not a dictatorship. It's like we all have our say, but you know, he usually delivers the goods, so there's not really too much to critique you know other than arrangements well it's it's, it's the 30 years darker. of critiquing
3: that gets you in a good direction you know yeah yeah. I mean? yeah yeah and that goes with all of us we all know what kind of like works and doesn't work you know what i mean sure. yep. and even if it's something that's great i i've come to learn over the years that less is usually more yeah it's like wow it's a great part that doesn't mean you have to pay it like 25 mm-hmm. times in the song you know what i mean because <laughs> then it'll ruin it you know what i mean i've i've gotten to the point where i'll come up with a part and it'll go four times and you'll never hear it again in the song but honestly that's what makes it the uh-huh. part that it is, you know, if you did that again later in the song, for certain parts, it would mm-hmm. kind of ruin it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's—it's just a matter of kind of knowing what works and how much it needs to go. You know, it's—it's it, it's just a learning process that we've, I think, gotten <laughs>
2: better at. <it. laughs> They're like, these guys are great. We don't have to ask questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just turn them on and <laughs> <laughs>
1: go. On. <laughs> yeah.
0: You literally touched at, on everything we, in our notes. Yeah. yeah, shut the out. fuck up. It's good like that <laughs> I have a question about no Jesus, no Beast. Uh, the yeah. chorus. Who came up with the chorus? You know, um, the great chorus. Can you hear us death to can Jesus? That. that part? It's awesome. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. We I, I love that chorus. I remember. We did it together. We probably right. did it together. <laughs> well, I don't remember. Together. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean that's old. That's a while ago now.
0: You that's know. a good chorus. A lot of the earlier. That's a good chorus. Cool, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. a sick
2: part. Probably Bob came up with it. He comes up <laughs> like, like the best. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn it, you dickhead. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> um, let's talk about Death yeah. Fest.
0: About 2005? Yeah. Do you, do you guys remember <laughs> 2005, Death Fest? Heaven Maryland? Saw, yeah. was that sound problems? Um, was oh. that the year 2005?
3: Wait a minute. Was oh, that was that ha- did we have yeah. sound problems? Yeah, yeah that's that about, let's see, with 32 years, it's about 30 years of our <laughs> career.
2: You had to be more specific. Was that the year <laughs> Napalm played? <laughs> I I'm dead, played almost on that.
0: Um, was it, I was still at the sonar outside? Cryptopsy was the, the yeah. it Was at sonar.
2: We played like during yeah. the day. Yeah. Well, I don't know I if remember. it was
0: the day. I think it was later at night.
2: No. Oh, maybe I don't remember. And
0: I think Cryptopsy was the headliner on no. Friday. Maybe you guys were Saturday. Maybe no yet. clue. I know it's a long time ago, <laughs> but uh, sound <laughs> was no, shitty. No. Um, we happened to. Kn- not your fault. You might, you oh. might not know this, but we, we happen to know somebody that was responsible for unplugging your power during your set two, two or, or three, three times, times. <laughs> by oh, mistake. Really? Oh, we lost power? I don't by mean, mistake. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, I don't <laughs> yeah. remember And that. And yeah. we're wa- without mentioning his name, but uh, we're... we're.
4: Hey. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> hey.
0: I didn't say it. But anyways, we uh, were... Wa- Barrett's awesome. Um.
1: We asked for his permission did, to talk yeah, yeah. about this on <laughs> the
2: show. I didn't even he realize said you, it. So if you guys didn't bring it up, we would have uh, never known. Because yeah. you know? oh, sometimes when he up... I kind of remember something happening, but I... I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we have a lot, we've had a
3: lot of sound, quote unquote, problems yeah. over the past 30 years. So it's hard to pinpoint and remember all of them. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: he was like one of the fans like way up front. And I think he kept tripping over one of your power cords, right? Oh, yeah, that could be a fail.
2: And
0: and we saw how you guys went to wireless systems at one point, and we thought it would be really funny if Barrett was the reason.
2: (laughs) No, No, actually, it was was one of our techs in Europe was like, you guys, you know, you need to get some wirelesses. You got to stop dancing with cables (laughs) every night because we're constantly, you know, dancing around the cables and trying to... Well, the thing is, we had
3: wirelesses for like a hot minute a few years back, but... They didn't yeah. really work mm. that great, so we just, yeah. we didn't bother with them anymore. But then uh, our friend Peter showed us something that was like, you know, we didn't realize how advanced they'd become and, you know, it uses yeah. like Bluetooth technology and it's like, it's like yeah. flawless and we're like, wow, these things work amazing, you know? And and ever since then, we've been like, it's, it's just awesome so not to have to deal with untethered. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, really, it's such a nice thing, you know, and not have to worry about that. Totally. Nice.
1: Um, do you guys listen to a lot of music? Yeah? Yeah. Do you avoid music during, like, your writing process?
2: Uh, maybe he does. Yeah, I, mean, I listen I mean, to music all the time, so... It
3: depends, it depends. Sometimes, I mean, a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll avoid listening to a lot of stuff because I'm just trying to work and get my own space. And, you know, especially, like, even our old stuff I'll try to avoid, which now it's, you know, we have shows to rehearse for, so I can't avoid it. But you know, sometimes in my head I'm like, I don't want to hear my old stuff, I don't want to play the old stuff.
2: You don't want, to I don't want it to—I
3: don't want it to leak into, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, an influence is one thing, but it's like I don't want to end up, yeah, coming up with parts that I, you know, whatever.
2: Yeah. Ironically, it's usually the non-metal stuff that inspires you. Yeah,
3: I'm more inspired by mostly non-metal. Stuff. Like, I love like the Pesh Mode. I like Muse. Muses, super cool. I love that band. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff I listen to that just—I don't know whether it it either comes close to being dark or not dark, or it's just the way maybe the, the musicianship or. Or like a, like a Depeche Mode that's just dark in a different way, or whatever. I just to me, it's all about the feeling and the music. Which same thing for Ross. It's like no matter what music you're listening to, it's just that vibe and feeling that you sure. get from it, and that's what to me is the most interesting when you're hearing stuff that's just got the most feeling. And whether it's a band or whether it's an orchestration or sure. something between the two of those, you know, it's just to me, it's it's. It's inspiring, you know what I mean? Even if it's not even the particular music, it's just the inspiration of, like, wow, listen to all that stuff together and oh, how of great it is. Sure. Yeah, I'm inspired by music in a lot of different ways, whether it's directly yeah. or indirectly. Yep. So, and I'm sure Ross is. Oh, the same
2: yeah. Because you know, so. you'll hear something that's non metal and you're like, wow, that is fucking awesome. Mm. Like, what, what a great section, or yeah. what, a, what just a great arrangement, or wow, that's an awesome, what a great idea, you know? It would be, you know, assholes <laughs> you know? like,
3: like you go see a movie and the way they do the music sometimes is cool like yes. you know i don't know there'll be something leading up to something and the music will actually help push that forward oh, in such yeah. a way how they create a mood and yeah.
2: build it and just uh, you know the intensity or, or whatever it is it's yeah. like that's the kind of stuff that's inspiring because mm-hmm. you hear that and like wow it'd be cool to create something like that not the same thing but like yeah. to build like a vibe like that in one of our songs. Mm. And he's good at doing that, like taking non-metal stuff and using it as an inspiration and kind of running with it and say, I like to create something that's like that, you know, not that, but something and make it ours, you know, and use that as an idea. And it's it's awesome, you know.
3: Yeah, I think when writing, we're always trying to just do something i mean obviously yeah look it's two guitars a bass and drums you know
2: so you're limited, you're limited <laughs> to an extent but yeah
3: unless you start drawing in all the extra tracks and stuff which i know a lot of people do and that's fine you know it's great but you know i try to use what we have the tools that we have and, and do it in such a way that creates a certain vibe and a certain emotion that maybe you don't normally hear with just you know the chug of a guitar you know what i mean yeah. like you try and oh, be more course. creative yeah. with what you're doing as creative as you can be at least and and Anyway, yeah, I just get inspired by a lot of different things, so it's. Uh,
2: it's I almost. It's fun to hear what he could create with just a guitar. You know, like he creates some really cool sounding parts with just a guitar, and you listen to it, like it sounds like more than a guitar, but it's really just a couple layer guitar parts, I mean, maybe doing different things or you know uh, whatever. But it's it's unique, so it's always cool to hear what he creates with just the guitar. You know, and, yeah, and, you know, he can make it sound like. You know, an orchestra. Sometimes, you know, with just the different parts. No, it's and the just, it's... Yeah, it's
3: just sometimes you know you have a good part and it sounds good, but if you put something on top of it that drives it home, you know, that much better. Then it just adds to it. You know, it's sure. like why not? You know, at least we have is two guitars. So if one guitar is doing one thing, and then you you push something else on top of that. To create a different vibe that maybe even makes it darker or something yep. together with it, then that's even better, you know. So yeah. well, it
2: also gives the music more dimension. It's not just one-dimensional. It's it's layered, so it has you know, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. it's it's different, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that's what I always like about like that kind of stuff. And I don't mean the the straight up riffs, you know, like the fast mm-hmm. riffs of those. I'm talking about the riffs that he does that are just kind of. Open and they have other parts over yeah. them doing something completely different. Yeah, it's usually, like, usually like yes. the heavier yeah. parts
3: or the darker parts—it's more interesting. Parts, it just yeah. adds more. Sometimes I do it on the fast parts too. It depends on what's, you know, what calls for it. Sure, but, you know. Sure. It's, but um, but yeah, I try to listen. I I do listen to music while I'm writing. You know, it's like I I I just I guess I try to avoid uh some of my like i said our earlier stuff or other stuff that i think i might be influenced too heavily by maybe stuff that i really like in the metal stuff i'll try and just keep away from that for a while so i don't get too influenced by you know and honestly you know when i'm in that writing mode that's what i'm doing half the time anyway so i'm not i'm not listening to too much you know yeah uh so to answer your question (laughs) finally
1: (laughs) this is so easy <laughs> <laughs> Just turn the mics on and like vacuum, clean the house It's <laughs> like You didn't talk well about the editing machine. yet though
2: That might be a oh. nightmare oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> We got a lot of ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> So, what's the edit- editing process like for you guys? <laughs>
3: oh no, I think he meant for you guys You guys, <laughs> you, oh, guys oh. you guys, like, you know, we oh, gotta, yeah, We're to go through everything
2: You're like, alright, you know
3: No, it's we're fine It's all fun. gold
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: gold uh, Do you guys listen to podcasts at all?
3: I can't say that I do Yeah, not really I'm not too much into the Too much I listen to like For instance I have the uh, What we were talking about Earlier with Danny um, Spotify I listen to You know Musically I listen to A lot of the online stuff Because I just go to like A record or whatever I I listen to stuff that way But Yeah I just I don't I can't say I listen to A lot of podcasts No how do you I'll be listen We've listened to
2: a couple, like, you know, our drummer did a couple podcasts. Oh yeah.
3: Um, I mean if I if Steve's like, oh we did this interview, yeah. which is another funny story.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well well yeah, <laughs> and then we'll listen to it. But I generally I you know, I'm not going, you know, I just you know, just never think mm-hmm. of it, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Never. Um one uh, uh, like if, if Steve like if Steve's done a couple of podcasts with um oh what was that girl he Jeez, was <laughs> But he did he did one before the album came out, which was kind of funny, and then he did one after the album came out, uh, you know, as a second part mm-hmm. to that. And they were both really good interviews. So we, you know, we listened to those when they aired them. So that was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, generally, you know, I'm just... We're not
3: pod that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right. Sorry. That's
0: okay. That's
3: okay. <laughs> not a personal thing. We're just, you know.
0: <laughs> so Spotify, a- as a fan, I think is awesome. But Oh, I think yeah. it's
3: great. It's like, look, when we like stuff, we'll go buy it anyway. We usually we'll get probably, we'll probably get the LP before we get the CD, honestly. I will get the vinyl before anything else. But the thing I like about this Spotify is that you can just sit there and you think of a song or a record or a yeah. band, sometimes the most just mm-hmm. off out of nowhere stuff, you know, like uh, stuff that's not that popular and you'll just throw it in there and there it is. You know, it's like instant, you know. But to me, it's great because you could just, I feel like listening to this right now and you yeah. punch it in and there it is, you know. It's like you don't have to, stuff with you you don't have to think about it beforehand you have you could have it in your car you have it with you it's it, it's just great you know it's to me it's an awesome thing but when you like something you definitely i like getting it you know we'll get the lps or the vinyl and to oh, have that is awesome that. you know it's like to to have the artwork and ha- to have you know the layout and everything in front of you yeah. too is great so yeah.
2: we still buy cds yeah, and vinyl, so i mean all you know, the time so i'm, I'm to me
3: still it's just an added it's an sense. added feature to you know just loving music and being able to have it's the access to anything you want to listen to at any time, you know. You can't really say that's a bad thing. Do you ha-
1: Well, there's there's another question answered that I didn't even yeah. have to ask. I was
0: going to ask if you had <laughs> the same opinion as uh, as a musician, you know. Oh Well, to us, if we're on Spotify mm-hmm. and people, I mean,
3: look, we don't, as far as music goes, whether you're selling albums or on Spotify, honestly, I mean... At least this band, we're not making any uh you know we're not making that <laughs> much noise in <laughs> yeah. the sales department. Yeah, exactly. So it's like for us it's just a way to promote the band further, that's it. you know. I it's mean like people find us on Spotify, awesome. Or if they have the opportunity to listen to us easier on Spotify great, you cool. know. I
2: mean, that's just the way the world went. Yeah. You know, I mean there was a lot of pushback mm. to the digital stuff back in the day with uh was it Nap- Nap- Yeah.
0: Napster yeah. Naps- 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 yeah. yeah. you know,
2: and you know, back then I was, you know, I wasn't even, like, a big internet guy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just, like, CDs and vinyls. So I think the record industry
3: just had to figure out how to catch yeah. up with it and, and yeah. how to handle yeah. it, and I guess they... I think they figured it out by now, so... Sure. It is what it is, you know? I mean, it to it, me, uh, if the music's out there and people have access to it, that's the yeah. most important part. I mean, as far as, you know, when we go out on the road, that's where we make most of the income for the, for the band. Yeah. So as far Pretty as that much, goes, yeah, so. I'm happy. If people listen to the music and get into the band... That's a plus for us, you know. Just that fact that they know the music, they have the opportunity to listen yes. to it. That's fine. You Having know? your
2: music easily easily accessible by anybody in the world, you know, at a you know just by clicking on something, that's a great tool yeah. to have. Yeah. You know, then you could you could play almost anywhere, and you 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 know you have people who are familiar with your music. You know, we didn't have that back then. We had cassette tapes. Yeah. We were mailing right. around right. to right. people. So yeah. it's an it's 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 good in a sense, obviously. You know you could talk about the negatives as well, but I, I see it as a good thing in a lot of ways, you know. Now, so
1: and your fans are still buying your stuff. I mean, we have emulation albums yeah. and CDs,
2: but we still stream you too. We've talked about that. Yeah. See, metal the metal community is unique in that sense because I find the metal fans, like myself and Bob, and all of us here, we buy physical products <laughs> yep. still in addition to maybe streaming, mm-hmm. you yeah. Know? So That's the unique thing about the metal fans. They will buy physical product because they're still avid collectors and they like the physical product. And I think that's how we are as (laughs) metalheads, you know, and I think it's very unique to this genre, you know. I don't see many other genres, you know, like that, where fans go out of their way to purchase yeah. at shows, you know, even you know, record stores or you know, whatever still exists today, you know, or ordering online, you know, they still order CDs and buy vinyl at, at you know, at you know, online or at shows. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's, the metal community is great like that. Yeah,
1: so. and even if it's not the music, it's merch, shirts, merch. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, that's our lifeblood anyway. Yeah. The merch is kind of what you know keeps bands afloat. You yep. know, uh you know, on any tour, really. It's it's the truth. Yeah, man, and you know? I feel
1: like metalheads like really understand that though. They do. Yeah. They do.
2: Metalheads are great, you know. They I mean really we're we're fortunate to be part of like such an awesome Absolutely. Know, scene, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So have you guys googled yourself?
2: No, but my mom has. have <laughs> <laughs> been and she'll be like I'm like, no. She's like, oh, you got to see all the stuff that comes up. It's like, I don't I really care. <laughs> so,
1: Ross, for you, it's all about your hair. Oh, awesome. <laughs> not so much me, of course. Yeah, Bob, unfortunately. Bob, it's all about the hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bob, for you, it's gear. So I, it's I, hair and gear. Gear. I'm not really a big gear guy. <laughs> uh, those are the, the big Google hits.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Maybe they're curious of what gear, perhaps. Maybe, yeah. But since it's like different every other day, then I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, what people don't understand—we're not huge gearheads. Yeah. Alex is probably the biggest gearhead in the band. Like, I Alex mean, knows about gear yeah. and guitars and the, t- you know the technical aspect mm-hmm. behind it. We're just—I mean, you know, plug well, and
1: you're go. you right?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't get I, me wrong. So when I it comes to like, yeah, 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 of course. Like
3: ESP, we've—I, you know, I've been lucky enough to be with them. Uh, for a few years now. And this stuff really is amazing. The guys oh, at the awesome, company are yeah. amazing. Alex, who's been a fan of ESP for a long time, when I got him hooked up with that once he joined the band, he's, you know, he's just. On Cloud Nine now, being a superstar, like, <laughs> like he just—he's yeah. even that much more. Like he'll—he'll just—he'll get guitars, but then he'll go buy some more too. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> a guitar guy. He yeah, has he, a collection is of guitars. He like, yeah, he's—he's yeah, he's a I guitar have, expert. So I
2: have friends like that, like Don. Uh, my oh, friend, yeah, Don yeah. plays guitar in a hard New York hardcore band called Breakdown, and he's a guitar guy. He has like a shit ton of guitars, really awesome guitars, you know. And they're like this legendary New York hardcore band from like back in the '80s, you know. they still going, and but he's a guitar guy, you know. And I'll hang out with him, and he show you know, he's. He talks shop with me and I'm, you know, I wish I knew more, yeah. <laughs> you know, some some of the specifics, you know, but I'm just kind of like, whoosh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> They're awesome though. He's got some mint guitars though, you know, so but I always say, you know, I'm an Ibanez guy. These guys are ESP guys. Yeah, I
3: mean, once you we know enough that when you use something and you you, you know, like I started as soon as I started you using ESP, I was like, wow, this is this I could tell the difference, you know what I mean? And then uh, we've been lucky enough to get a few different guitars from them. I've got a couple of seven strings from them. I got, you know, a few other guitars and the ones that I use live with emulation. And and you can tell. And, and Alex, you know, he's great because he knows so much more than I do as far as yeah. some of the particulars. So he'll be like, oh, you know, this one's great because it is wood and that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, we should try the, um, you know, those Fishman pickups are really good. You know, we should check those out. I'm like, yeah, all right. So I happen to, you know, w- one of the ESP guitars that we got in Europe. That Alex got was a uh, was a Millet from, it was a signature series from Millet from uh-huh. Creator. So he had gotten that guitar and he had a couple of them. Mint and guitar. my guitar failed one night. One of, you know, whatever. I think I had just a, a, a hardware issue on one of my guitars that happened on the spot. So while that was being repaired, I used his other guitar and it had the Fishman pickups. And so we're both using that. And I'm like, wow, I can really tell the difference. Yeah. And it's just, you were right, you know, and it sounds <laughs> amazing. And then sure enough, now we're using Fishman's, you know, we're endorsed by them too. So it's like, you know, so you learn. As you go and you say you you know you learn through what you, the stuff that you use and you're like wow that's you know that's good stuff so you want to stick with that because it it works and it and it sounds the best you know so that's huh. so that's what we go by but yeah. again we don't follow it so much but then when you get the product and you're like wow
2: this well, is all right yeah. it's more like you know what you like like yeah. I played Ibanez since the beginning like you know my first the first bass that I ever bought was an Ibanez it was Destroyer X series which was like you know Jeff Becerra's old red uh, Destroyer bass, it was like that, but it was like uh, the next model, so it was a little sleeker. And then I bought the old bass player from Rigamortis, Mortis, uh, Andrew Sakowicz, he had the same red uh, Destroyer bass that Jeff from Possessed had, and that Cronus from Venom had, you know, the big one. So I got one of those, the red one. So I, those are my first two guitars, and I've been playing Ibanez ever since. And when they came out with the Sound Gear series back in the late 80s or whatever the hell that was, I got one of those when they first came out. And that's it. That's all I've played yeah. ever since, since like 90, 91, I've played Ibanez uh, Soundgear basses because they're just comfortable. You know, I, yeah. I, I like the company and then I didn't get endorsed by them until like, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, I, but I've been playing Ibanez exclusively since like the 80s, you know, so I just never thought to even seek out an endorsement. And it was on a tour we did with Deicide and Skinless And Glenn was meeting the Ibanez rep uh, at one of the shows in L.A., and Joe from uh, Skinless was using an Ibanez bass, and the Ibanez rep was coming out, and they were like, hey, we'll introduce you to the guy, you know, you're an Ibanez guy, and
4: it was easy, it
2: was like, the guy was super cool, he hooked me up, and I've been endorsed since then, but that was like 2005, 2006, so it took me a while to get there, I guess you don't... I know we don't think that way. We're not like, oh, we should get an endorsement. Mm. You're just like, yeah, yeah we're just kind of like, I got a guitar, it works, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. But know, then that's so what happens.
3: Like with me, it's like I had a few different, you know, a few different models of guitars, different brands, you know, and I liked them. But then I tried something else, and I'm like, oh, this is actually better. And then I got an endorsement from another company, and I'm like, oh, this is even better. But then when ESP came along, I was like, wow, mm. this is really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah. like, you know, and you know, your tastes change over the years. But I mean, for me, once I got, you know, with ESP, I'm like yeah wow this this is good stuff you know and and i i use the arrow uh it's like kind of like you know the v but like the half v yeah type. and it just works so well with what i do on stage and i love the other guitars i still use those once in a while on stage but definitely off stage you know the regular strat bodies that esp makes and stuff yep. but those those uh v's and arrows and you know because i know uh i forget the one i think alex uses the regular v and i got the arrow but either way those just work better with me live the way i'm moving around it just yeah. it just works perfectly and the guitars are built really well and sound great so you know like ross said once you find something you really like you stick with it and and they're just great at the company so you know i got nothing to complain about <laughs> yeah, yeah it's
2: like been a really good thing you know, i for, got like a ton of the exact same bass guitar but i'm happy I, about, you yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> like i'm happy you know, it's like, that's all i need you know so that's perfect <laughs>
1: I'm red over here, red? which means. I yeah. have a
0: nonsense question. Um, this is. We have a nonsense you answer. <laughs> you don't have to answer this. Um, is, is Turbo by Judas Priest the equivalent of Kiss Dynasty? Well, okay. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to piss oh, you off a lot opinion. of people, I but like that. I was never a Kiss fan. Me never
2: neither. liked Kiss. And I had all my friends in the 70s, were all hardcore mm-hmm. Kiss fans. I just never got the Me Kiss neither. thing. So, whatever. Teach his own. Um, ironically,. The Turbo album was the first album, it was the first time I ever saw Priest on that tour. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I has to be. <laughs> you know, I had an opportunity to see him during Defenders, which is like yeah, my yeah. favorite record, yeah. my all-time favorite Priest record. And I was just too young, you know. It was one of those mm-hmm. situations where I was just like, whatever, fourteen yeah. or fifteen. And I couldn't get the ride yeah, yeah, to the show, and my buddy had an extra ticket, but I just failed, you know. So yeah, same stuff. thing happened to me. Aww. I had a ticket, and then yeah, my Man. friend's
3: sister couldn't make it, and that was our that was it. That was our ticket to get in there. It Was yeah. her taking us there? And I was like, yeah. wow, total yeah. fail. <laughs> so
2: I saw them on the. Turbo uh, Turbo Lover with Turbo Lover Turbo, whatever yeah, it is yeah. Turbo yeah I saw them on that yeah. tour and it was yeah. good I mean I go back and I listen to some of that record now I'm like it's yeah. not I, that I bad I actually
0: like it A lot it's of people, good it's heavy yeah, it's, weird, it's weird but yeah. I like it people beat yeah. up on it but I, I like it yeah it was no, almost I, like Maiden in the Somewhere in yeah. Time
2: yeah. phase you know yeah. that yeah. kind of yeah. era yeah, those I those bands kind of went in that weird futuristic mm-hmm. mode, yeah
3: they you know? went with that kind of like uh symphonic yeah. sound or whatever you yeah. call it synthesizer thing yeah. that was like big and then everybody was doing
2: it for that hot minute and so. Somewhere in Time was good we saw them a couple yeah. of times on that tour it they did. were awesome but uh that was my first time I think my only time seeing Priest unfortunately I, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen him on this last tour with the last record because the last record is yeah. fucking awesome oh uh, yeah Mia yeah, what are you gonna do
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of those records uh, from you know earlier on when you're younger and then that band comes out with that record and you're like Hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> you know like, yeah but then you know 10 15 years later when you're old and you listen back eh, you know what yeah. that's a pretty good record yeah, yeah. That i'm but like when that you're younger of. you're just kind of like Instantly, you were following a band for like two three records, sure. and all of a sudden, they come out with that one that's kind of right. like you're like, fail, right, short right, jump. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, fail. And, then, <laughs> and you just, you know, you're just like, your head, you're, you're looking in that direction. You don't want to know nothing about what <laughs> yeah. just happened. And then later, you realize, all right, it was you're a little bad. more closed minded when yeah. you're younger. <laughs> but nowadays,
0: we're just like, yeah, yeah I, I could
2: appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> so, that's <now> what <it> is. <laughs> I'm you good?
0: good? So, uh, new record is Nuclear Blast again, or you're not sure yet? Y- well, yeah. we're gonna resign yeah, yeah. with that. Awesome. Yeah,
2: we're just waiting to, you know, finalize that. But yeah, we're happy awesome. with them. They're happy with us. They're gonna extend the contract now for a couple more records, and that's so that's where we're gonna awesome. be. That's that's our home. Very cool. <laughs> so yeah, and we're yeah. happy to say that because they are a good company, and it's probably one of the most positive uh, label experiences we've had, you know, in our career. Good. I mean, we've had we've had good label experiences. Like every label we've been on had its positive uh, you know has strong points and has weak points you know and i think a lot of the weaker our our, our perception of the weaker points of these labels was just our our you expectations know, our, or our, our knowledge of the being business being too made, high yeah. us being green you know what i'm saying yeah. you know when we first signed our first deal we didn't know what to expect we thought once you signed a record deal that that's it, it. they're going to do everything for you, but then we realized, you know, right after that, like, wow, you have to work even harder Mm -hmm. now, Yeah. you know, it's, it's like, getting your album, getting an album out is just one part of it, but then you have to work that much harder, and we thought it was going to be different, you know, and we're like, all right, well, you know, we learned a lot in those earlier years, and we made a lot of stupid mistakes, and, you know, but we learned from them, and we've learned a lot about the business, and we've kind of you know move forward from there and you know we don't hold any uh grudges or yeah. you know any I mean, animosity just, or any ill nah. will towards any of the older labels we're we're friends with all of them actually yeah. you know but it's just like they weren't a good fit for us like nuclear blast seems to be the, the proper fit mm-hmm. for us and, and maybe it's just and because it's a of timing time,
3: thing you know, you know yeah. we're at one point now where i think you know i think we're we're at the best we've been and then you know it's just all kind of it's a timing thing you yep. know it's like and it just worked out and we're happy with the way things are going and you know we have a really good relationship with them they're very down to earth uh very cool people and
2: it just it just worked sure. out well
3: so uh we're very well, yeah. fortunate i mean yeah.
2: to have a label that's where well, the people in the, at the label are actually fans of the band they're actually behind what you're doing which is it
1: makes um, a huge difference which is
2: very it's unusual for us to have that you yeah. know and so it's nice to have that and it feels good to have A company that's actually actually believes in you and is pushing you you know so we've never had that really not that we felt you know i mean it was there but again our expectations were unrealistic back then because we weren't familiar with the industry and how things worked so you know, but we learned we learned some hard lessons in those early years. You know, we had like a five-year gap in between the first album and the second album, and that's because mm-hmm. of that. Because our expectations were unrealistic, and we were very soured on the whole industry thing and the label thing, and we wanted out of that roadrunner contract. And and we got out of the contract. They actually did us a huge favor, which was unheard of. Like we got out of like a seven album or five album contract because we went down there and said, hey we don't want to be part of the label anymore. We're unhappy. And they let us go. And we still talk to Monty about that these days. And he's like, man, you were uh-huh. the only band back then that we we let go like it's that. It's pretty amazing. It was. And we were lucky. I mean, they could have held on to us and, yeah. and, and busted our balls. And in retrospect, we realized they did us a huge favor, but we didn't see it like that back then. Right. We were just like, we're not uh-huh. happy. And we just told them, we went down there and said, we want to have a meeting with you guys. We went down there, we had a meeting with them. And we just said, yeah, we're just not going to write any more music until we are off the uh-huh. label. So if you keep We're just not going to write any music, you know, and they said, okay, we'll we'll let you go, and that was it. So they really did us a favor, man. Monty hooked us up, man, and uh, man, we love that guy, man. He's he's oh, he was, um, you know, luckily, the people we we dealt with in those early years were were solid people. They had, you know, they were straight shooters. They, they weren't like blah 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 industry. People. Yeah, he he told he us, told like us it straight, was, and he gave us actually some good advice back. He really then, did, man. So. And he's always been like that. Monty's always been a straight shooter, man. I respect the guy's opinion, and he's a great guy, man. He's been a guy that's been part of our our, our career f- throughout you know the 32 years and now he's part of nuclear blast so it's like yeah, full circle type cool. of thing but yeah he taught us a lot of really important lessons back then because we needed to, to learn a few <laughs> things so you know so uh, you know we we did a lot of made a lot of stupid mistakes but we've learned from them so that's what you can hope for i guess that's what we do <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> all right is there anything that we didn't touch on
3: no, I think we got most of it. I think, I good. think we just want to thank you guys. Thank you. For the yeah, thank you. Guys. This is awesome and uh it was very cool. We had, you know, had a lot of built really up good time.
2: talking. We haven't yeah. <laughs> we
3: haven't
1: done an interview in a while.
3: <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> Lucky got, you got us on a good moment. Yeah. You know? it's like,
2: we apologize to all the listeners. No, <laughs> no, don't do that. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. We're so looking forward Absolutely to the album. No. Awesome.
1: Can't yeah. wait. Thank you guys. Cool. Thank you guys for your time. Thank yeah, it yeah, you. We appreciate
2: having us. Yeah, we nice time. we made it happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you guys very much. Awesome all right good night night. music over (laughs) (laughs) all right so we're back post-interview a few days after the actual interview Uh, yep it was a great time really really enjoyed yeah
1: yeah we had a lot of fun
0: absolutely so we didn't want to interrupt the talking with song announcements but uh we wanted to announce what was played in the episode at the end here
1: Yep, so we're gonna go over what we played in order. So
0: First we started off, the very beginning before the interview was Christ Cage off of the Here and After record, then after that was No Jesus No Beast off of Failures for Gods.
1: And then we went into Fall from a High Place off of Close to a World Below, and next we're gonna play my pick, Throne to the Fire off of the Atonement album from 2017.